Interesting how, how promotions work. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Four, three, two, one. So Tom Pop and I are sitting here, and yeah. I say, Do you, did you see the fight on Saturday night? <laughs> and he said, the guy that got knocked down, mental health guy. The mental health guy? The guy <laughs> no. who got up for everyone with mental health? <laughs> <laughs> but he said, no, I didn't see the fight. Like, I, only saw, I only saw that. <laughs> this is how narratives work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, in this day and age especially, <laughs> there's way too much information out there right like there's no yeah. way you could see every television show or watch every sporting event yeah. or or know every scandal <laughs> yeah so when something happens like uh the blurb the the, the little summary that i have yeah. absorbed my, my one buddy watched it on instagram he posted a thing <laughs> and it was very heartfelt that he got up for all the people with mental health yeah and uh, i read that and i feel like i experienced the whole thing but you know it's funny i don't know if he won or lost i know he got it's a up. draw it's it was a draw. a draw yeah it was a draw uh, okay and uh I don't have a, a firm opinion on whether or not the the draw was justified because uh-huh. I only watched it once. I thought I thought that Tyson Fury won most of the rounds except the two that he got knocked down in. Tyson's the anti mental health guy. No, he's the white guy. <laughs> oh, he's the white guy. He's the white guy that got knocked down. Okay. And Deontay Wilder, it's, he's it is he's strange. In that he has like the the most freaky punching power I think I've ever seen ever. That's what I heard too. He's not a big guy. I mean, for a heavyweight, he's two hundred twelve pounds. He looks pretty big though. Oh, he's jacked. Yeah, but he's he's, like... he's shredded. He has no fat on him whatsoever. Yeah. His back is where all the power is, and that's where all his, his muscle is. Like you see his back, it's just fucking uh, <laughs> yeah. just a bundle of snakes. His when I saw the clip, huge. it was like he knocked him out and then like backed up and did yeah. a little dance. And Tyson like... got up. Yeah, that but guy looked fuck pretty fuck that guy Wilder punches so hard. And that was in the 12th and final round oh, that was? of a fight where he was mostly losing. He was oh. mostly getting boxed up. He was mostly getting outboxed. But then he would land, and he landed real hard in, like, what was it, like, the 8th or the ninth, Something like that. Something like that. He dropped him. But that wasn't a big knockdown. Right. He, he knocked him down, but he got up pretty quick, and he was, he was okay. But in the 12th, he fucking blasted him. Right. He hit him with a right hand, and then as he was falling, he hit him with a left hook on the chin as he was going down. Like, <laughs> And he was laid flat on his back with his arms down. He looked unconscious. Yeah, he really did. And then he, he looked... rose like Lazarus. Just, <laughs> and he looked pretty sharp when he, he got, got on his feet. He, he won the rest of the round. Yeah. He won the rest of the round and stung him. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he stung Deontay Wilder. It was crazy. Because of the mental health kids. Yes. He was doing it for the mental health people. You think that's really what he was thinking when you're getting up off the canvas? I'm doing it for the kids. I would it, never doubt him. Yeah, I mean, because he he really does. He's he's in a very unusual guy, and he donated his entire purse to charity. Wow, all of it, like eight million dollars. Really? Yeah, yeah. He donated all of it to charity. Holy cow! Yeah, that's great. He's a fucking really unusual guy. He's he's been in here. He, he was in the podcast when he was um, gearing up for the fight. So I should call him the super nice mental health guy. He's a very nice guy. Very nice guy. Is he big? Like giant, six nine. Six nine. So when yeah. you're sitting here, you feel like he's huge. He's a giant, but he's a super sweetheart. Very wow. friendly guy. Jeez. Yeah, really well spoken. You know, he's got that like heavy traveler's accent. He's a traveler. Had he made money before? Oh yeah, he's a world champion. So he's like he was a world champion. He's got bank. Mm-hmm. And uh, almost killed himself in a Ferrari. Almost uh, committed suicide. He was just headed towards a bridge. He was just gonna. Fucking either slam into the bridge or drive off the bridge. That was his. Yeah, he was going 160 miles an hour, like headed towards the bridge, and he changed his mind. Jeez, it looked, that's what he looked like before he started his comeback. What? Yeah, he was 300 pounds. What? 
three hundred plus, right? How, how much did he say he was? I want to say four eighty five, but yeah, something crazy. Because I was yeah. saying three hundred, but that's one hundred eighty kilograms. So one yeah. times two point two is. That's like what is that? It's close to four hundred pounds, I think. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, he's um. So he was champ, then he fell off and became well, that chubby. Well, what happened was he beat Vladimir Klitschko, who was a long time heavyweight champion. I mean, Vladimir Klitschko right. was the, the champ forever. Yeah. And uh, he outboxed him, like soundly outboxed him and, and beat him. And then was like, now what? And went into a depression and started drinking hard, partying hard, a lot of cocaine, and just fucked wow. his life up. Because he achieved what up. he wanted yeah. to achieve. I mean, he's calling it mental health, you know, because of depression and all those things. But I, part of me wants to say that a lot of that is, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I've never been inside of his head. But yeah. when you're doing that much coke and drinking that much, that is got to be a major factor in why you feel like shit and then oh, the, yeah. the letdown of this incredible achievement becoming the heavyweight champion of the world beating this guy who hadn't been beat in a long time many 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 years yeah and then you know just partying too hard and then getting into a horrible funk well, and there's then always deciding that, to come back there's always that part of it where you know you know that you have that there are those personalities and there's genetics involved and he gets you into the drugs but then the drugs start going to work on your brain, yeah. and then it, you know, it becomes something different. It yeah. becomes, you know, it's it's no longer your own consciousness that's working. It's this sponge that just absorbed all of these toxins, mm -hmm. and who knows what's misfiring, what's happening at that point. We say that as we drink wine. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Happy holidays. <laughs> Thank you holidays. for this. Yes. We do a little heroin in the holidays. Whatever. A little fucking meth. I was going to bring you some wine today. This was nice of you to open this. Mm. This is good stuff, whatever this is. I don't know jack shit about wine. I learned gr a great method for yeah. Thanksgiving about wine. What's the method? I went to this place in L.A. It's called uh, 2020 Wine. It's like this – it looks like Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's on the, on the 405. And uh, you just walk in. It's just wine, this huge room, racks and stuff. It's so elegant. It's just like this great place to be. It's cool. It's like temperature-wise. It's like – it's great. And it's intimidating because they have, you know, I don't know that much about wine. I want to, but, and I realized this, this was my strategy and it worked out perfectly. I went to the guy who works there and I said, look, I have 12 people coming over for uh, Thanksgiving. Show me a $20 bottle of wine or less that I can buy a bunch of for my friends. That's going to blow everyone away. And he lit up like a Christmas tree. It's like... This is what he wants to do. It's like, yeah, there's two hundred bottle dollar bottles of wine. We know what that is. I'm gonna come with me, and he, there it is. And he took wow. me into the back, and he found these. He's like, this one's from Spain, eighteen dollars. No one knows it exists. The best wine I've had all year. Another one, this Italian Barolo that nobody knows about. And look at this. It's only $12 a bottle because nobody knows we have extra cases. It became like his – of course, that's what a wine guy wants to do, like right. turn so you is, on. Is the wine thing that a name is just as important as how good it is? Sure. Yeah. Like when people, you know, an Opus One or a yes. Camus or like we all know that because right. that's like the Mercedes of wines. Cigars are like that as well. I know yeah. more about cigars. I don't know much about cigars, but I know more about cigars than I know about wine. Uh -huh. And like everybody wants a Cuban. Everybody oh, yeah. Cuban. A Cohiba. Yeah. Oh, oh Monte Cristo. Yeah. <laughs> everybody wants uh, something that's hard to get. Yeah. yeah. But this was – I was like, oh, this is how you should do it. Find a good wine shop. And go to the guy who's waiting to be asked that question. Yeah. 
and he's so excited to show you what he learned. And he works in a wine shop, so he's not spending five hundred dollars for a bottle either. Me and he my knows buddy, the good shit. My buddy Mark Delagrate and I were in Florida. We were eating at this very nice Italian restaurant with a bunch of people from the UFC. And yeah. we just said, uh, let's get a nice bottle of wine. You ever have a nice bottle of wine? I'm like, I've had good bottles of wine, but uh, this place had like bo- bottles of wine from the seventies. Right. So I said, All right, let's go fucking crazy. And I bought a <laughs> bottle of wine from nineteen seventy four. Oh my god. This is better. This is better. This, is, this one's better. <laughs> it was like, it was weird. I mean, it, like, I guess if you're a real connoisseur, like, mm. part of it is like, Roberto Duran was the champ when this was bottled. <laughs> right. like, there's, there's like stuff, there's stuff about it. Yeah. Like, I was in the third grade. <laughs> yeah. There's something this about it. This is for it. Mrs. McMillan. <laughs> but it, it was like, it felt like it had less alcohol. And mm-hmm. I think that's a, one of the things that maybe happens, the, the flavor sorts starts to morph and change it just felt less potent yeah like almost more watered down it wasn't that good well I didn't there's enjoy certain it. there's i didn't i enjoyed it but i didn't love it right and that you know and you probably paid a lot for it It was like a thousand dollars yeah i'm not joking yeah i think it was a thousand dollar bottle of wine i'm telling you this so stupid. on thanksgiving we had it was 18 dollars <laughs> bottles of wine it's probably way better blowing than our heads off yeah. yeah probably way better so great yeah they're, they're, you know, I try and learn about it. And there are certain wines, they say, like there's certain Brunellos that like those should age and those you can go like 20 years and, you know, it, they'll get even better at 30. And then there's other wines at that same amount of time, they'll go sour and they'll get funky. So it's so hard to tell. There's so it's, apps. There's yeah. an app that I have. I've never fucking opened it once, <laughs> I but have. I downloaded it. It's like Vino. Something Vino. Oh, you almost went down with that. <laughs> that would have been oh, right on the board. Oh, it's got a powerful lid. Nice, because that was like headed towards the board. James, not, he's not even drinking. Water. I don't fuck with laptops in front of me anymore. I've learned my lesson. I was doing a show on Saturday. My friend had a laptop. She had a glass of water oh, no, and no, a salad no, no, no. on like the keyboard. Don't I'm like, what are you doing? How Why confident you do that? are you? It's like having a gun on your baby's head. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Sit, sit the gun here. Rest your head on the gun. Separate it. Yeah. No, no but this was this was such a great way to do it. I mean, there's so like you can. Focus in on one kind of wine and really mm-hmm. kind of learn it. And that's a lot. Like, yeah. that would be a lot of studying. To learn all of wine and, like, go into a fancy restaurant and be like, I'm just going to pick from the – you can't. Right, right. You know? Yeah. I what think I- it's like – it's one of those things where you have to t- – you really have to talk to someone who's put in the time. Yes. Totally. Yeah. That's – yeah. My, but like, my- here's, here's something that I know a lot about. Pool cues. Right. I know a lot about pool cues. <laughs> right. So if you if you come to me and um, you know you say, hey, I'm thinking about buying this pool cue, what do you think? I'll yeah. go, okay. Well, here's what you need to know. Like right. that's, a, that's a very expensive pool cue, and it's expensive because it's a collector's item because the guy who makes it is dead. However, in terms of like <laughs> how it plays, it does not play any better than a pool cue that costs one small fraction of what that costs. And then I could turn you on to a bunch of custom pool cue makers right. that make a really good cue for like a fraction of what you would pay for that cue. And I'm telling you, like you would play with this cue and be happy with it for the rest of your life. But it'll cost you, you know, five hundred dollars as opposed to there's cues that are fifteen thousand, twenty thousand dollars and and up. It's like the really ornate and, and and beautiful ones. And this is a lifetime, your adult lifetime of learning about this. Yeah, oh man. You've I've, been immersed. I started playing pool in nineteen ninety ish, ninety one, ninety ninety one. That's when I probably bought my first pool cue. So what's a, a good What's a good pool cue for bumper pool? <laughs> <laughs> my, my neighbors had a, my neighbors had a bumper pool table when I was a kid. It was badass. It's pretty stupid. It was so stupid. Such a dumb game. The, 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 my friend 
the older brother Mark, he was the, the dominant one because he was able to jump over the bumpers and get on the other uh, side. It's called cheating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cheating. Yeah, that uh, jumping is a very controversial thing in the world of pool. You're not allowed to jump. Well. You can, there's, but it's hacked. There's jumping, and then there's bar table jumping, right? Like, when you play with people on a bar, they think they're jumping the pool cue, but what they're doing is they're, they're, they're scooping under the cue ball with, uh. their, with their tip. Like, they go under it, and it sort of makes the cue ball pop up in the air. It's really like yeah. miscuing is what it's like. Uh-huh. It's a foul. The way you're supposed to jump a ball is shoot down on it and make it hop over. Uh huh. What's the matter, Jamie? Have you seen this before? Yeah, that's a that's a McDermott. Um, it's like called the Excalibur or some shit like that. <laughs> that's a pool cue. It is, but it isn't. <laughs> it's it's foolish. It looks like a sickle that the Grim Reaper comes to take yes. you away with. <laughs> well, this was a cue that was made a long time ago. It was made back in the fucking '90s or something. But that's not the most expensive pool cue in the world. Is they that might... whole thing the cue? It says it sold for 150 grand. That's not the most expensive oh, really? cue. In the world, no, no. The most expensive queue in the world is a Gina queue. Gina queue is actually right here in uh, North Hollywood. That's they call it the most expensive queue in the world. Is they, that whole thing the queue? It's nonsense. That's not. Or is that really, a stand in a queue? See, it's a queue. That whole all the blades and everything like that. What would you do with it's that? Nonsense. It's nonsense. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's nonsense. <laughs> it's nonsense. It's nonsense. It's like having a car and you decide to glue diamonds on it. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. This is the most expensive car in the world. It costs a billion dollars. Shut the fuck up. That Q weighs nine and a half pounds. Okay. S- you know what a real Q weighs? A hot, a very heavy Q. Very heavy. Yeah. Is 21 ounces. Like if you play with it, like if you find out that a pro plays with a 21 ounce Q, you're like, wow. Like rarely a guy will play with it. 24 ounce cue and you're like wow that guy's crazy and what that was fucking that? thing is nine and a half pounds <laughs> that's that stupid. piece of shit that's like the those the women that get the the gigantic uh, hefty <laughs> uh hippity hops for boobs it's like oh, yeah, everyone's yeah, getting yeah. big and then that one you're like All they right. get like triple z boobs <laughs> yeah. yeah that's just not a real pool cue what's the, the one in in north hollywood the, well he makes gina his, his name is ernie Gutierrez, and he makes uh all sorts. I have one of his cues. Oh yeah, that's Ernie right there. Ah, look he at him. makes. I mean, wasn't he married to Cher? No, that's Sonny Bono. <laughs> oh. That guy's dead. You're an asshole. I gotta end this podcast now. Um, Ernie is. Uh, I mean, he's like a real innovator in the world of pool cues. He makes beautiful, beautiful. That cues. is beautiful. But he had one that he made that was filled with like. I don't want to say what the material was, but I believe it Gummy had an bears. ivory handle. The handle was made out of solid ivory, and oh. I think it had gold and all sorts of other shit in it. But it went for a half a million dollars. <sighs> it's worth a half a million dollars, but I think the deal is that he won't sell it. He's very wealthy. Wow. He does really well. All but from that? All from making oh, pool yeah, cues? Oh, yeah, yeah, his, his pool cues... Like in Japan and also all throughout Asia, they're they're really revered. Like he, wow. he can sell his stuff anywhere. His cues are very expensive on the aftermarket too. It makes them all by hand, like that kind of thing. He, well, he designs them all, and then he uses um, computer controlled machines. They're called CNC machines mm-hmm. to put everything together and piece it so that everything's perfect. Wow. Yeah, but they're all like his designs. And is very, that like three D printing? No. No, yeah. it's um, it's what it is. Is like you have a design and you put it into this computer and you you put the spec. I, I don't know hundred percent of the process, but right. you put your the specifications like how wide you want inlays to be and how, and they make them exactly the same size and the points fit exactly the same way. Wow! Yeah, it's all impressive. Super complicated stuff. But the point is, like, if you were a guy who wanted to buy a pool cue. And you just, you know, went to a website. Right. 
you were you're lost. You're lost like me <laughs> trying to buy wine in a wine like, shop. Yeah, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. Yeah, this is good wine though. What it's is very this? Very good. This is uh, says Chateau Vigneux. Ooh, I didn't know you spoke French. I do. We we. You see, Paris is going crazy right now. Uh, They've been having these crazy riots. No, what's up? Every time I think about visiting Paris, there's some new shit that goes down over there. I know. It kind of feels like a little like a like a jewel box that is about to explode. <laughs> All it's the not time. good, man. You is know, it, it's not good. Is it workers? What kind of riot? Well, the weird thing is, everyone is rioting is wearing those um, reflective vests. What? Like, see that? Yeah, that's Paris right these, now. Yep, they're wearing these yellow reflective vests and lighting things on fire and smashing stores. So like, who is Gucci and Chanel, these these protesters? They've been going. Scroll back up. So oh my god, that it looks says, violent. It says seventeen pictures. <clears throat> oh, it's terrible, and it keeps getting worse. It keeps getting worse. I mean, it started November seventeenth when French drivers sporting yellow vests led a demonstration. Apparently, it has to do with oil prices rising, rising uh, fuel prices. Two hundred eighty thousand people. Four people have died. Hundreds have been injured. Thousands of dollars worth of property has been damaged. The protest has started November seventeenth when French drivers sporting yellow vests led a demonstration of two hundred eighty thousand people across the country to push back against the rising taxes on gas and diesel. What? Uh, French President Emmanuel Macron. Macron. I love a nice Macron. As part of his many economic reforms, announced the gas taxes earlier this year to minimize France's reliance on fossil fuels. That's a fucking shitty way Jeez. to handle, you know, reliance on fossil fuels. You do the opposite, you cunt face. What? You, you don't charge people money. You know, you don't charge people extra money and make it more expensive. Then they'll you, use it you, less. You, you give them subsidies for electric cars, you stupid prick. Yes. Don't you understand the American way, you piece of shit? <laughs> Jesus. I love talking like well, real they, authoritative about things I know nothing about. <laughs> what does it say? Where, where, I really scroll back up there. Did. Scroll back to where it was. Yeah. Uh, the price of fuel. That's it. 30 cents a gallon. They went crazy. 30 cents a gallon. They're trying to kill people. Gas already costs about $7 per gallon wow. in France. Fuck that, wow. man. So it's just going to break people's backs and they're not going to oh, be able yeah. to drive to their bread shop. Do you remember when Bush was leaving office and they jacked the fucking price of gas way up? Yeah. Dude. But there's people that were panicking. Yeah. You know? September 11th, there was like lines everywhere because we thought oh, right. it was going to just... Empty. No That's more gas right. Yeah, thought. but right. the, the price didn't. I don't think the price radically went up. Well, some places tr were charging like twenty five bucks a gallon. Assholes. Assholes. They should go to jail. Yeah, that's so Assholes. Gross. But that's that's kind of insane. Like that. People used to have riots like that when when wheat would spike and people mm -hmm. couldn't eat. Well, like look you, at this. They like cars on oh fire. Oh my god. That's a shitty little car anyway. Probably, <laughs> guy probably wanted to light it on fire. Yeah, finally. <laughs> He's not even part of the protest. He's just yeah, happened to light his car on fire that day. Somebody was telling me about this. Somebody was telling me about this. I was at a little kid's party. I was talking to one of the dads, and he was telling me um, about this uh, thing that happened. This, th I think it was in Northern California. It was a fire. Fuck, it might not have been Northern California. It was a fire, and... Um, the, initially, they thought it was just uh, a fire, but then the CEO and his vice president were both of their houses caught fire. Mm -hmm. So then they thought it was like an attack uh -huh. on both people. And then they realized, no, it was a murder. And one of the guys killed the guy and his family and then lit his house on fire and then went back to his house and lit his own house on fire what? to make it look like they were going after both of them. Uh... 
And he's the only one that survived? Yeah. Whoops. That just happened in New Jersey. A guy... Was it in New Jersey? Maybe that was it. A guy murdered his whole family. Mm, no, his I own think, family. Yeah. Oh. And then lit the house on fire. Then maybe that's it. Maybe I'm getting a fucked up version of the story. I get drunk at kid parties, too. Oh, it's the only way to go by. <laughs> family massacre disguised as a massive fire in New Jersey. Yeah, that's it. This is the story. So um, make that a little larger, please. It says uh, there was more than a brotherly bond between Paul and Keith. Yeah, th that's right. What part of New Jersey? <clears throat> that's they where businesses, I'm from. Vacation together and settled about 11 miles from each other in the suburbs of New Jersey. But two days before Thanksgiving, a horrific chain of events would forever tear them apart. Oh, his brother? He, yeah, that's what it is. Oh, so man. I was getting a really fucked up version of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Car how do you say that name? Canario? Canario? Uh. Caniero. Caniero? Caniero. Caniero. The Caniero brothers. Killing his youngest brother, his sister-in-law, and their children. Oh. This is what's fucked up. Like, what, what, how does a guy go from never killing anybody to killing a wife and daughter? So he killed his brother mm -hmm. and his brother's whole family. Yeah. Oh my God. I thought he then killed he had, his own Then family. he set his own home on fire with his wife and daughter inside. Tried to make it look as if the whole family had been targeted. His family got wow. out of the home safely. Oh, can you imagine the panic? Like, what the fuck? You just man. murdered these people. You run no, back. Don't and you scroll. Light don't your, scroll. Go back. Go back. You light your own house on fire, and you're like, can you imagine? Like, while you're lighting your house on fire, thinking, like the the intensity of this is going to work. I'm going to get out of this. This, this. this is where the plan goes, and poof. Well, what's really fucked oh. is how does a person kill? I mean, I understand you're mad at a guy. And you fucking hate each other. Fuck you. Fuck you. And you start fighting and then you wind up killing each other. How do you kill his wife and daughters? How, do you, how do you do that? How, what, like, what switch goes on? Like, is he just trying to... Yeah, because he's just walking around. Scroll, like... Go back up. It says he's killed his sister-in-law. It said he's accused of killing his younger brother, his sister-in-law, and their children. Like, how many children? Like, who... Hey, he killed kids. Yeah. So this is a guy who's never murdered anybody. Just walking around Colts Neck Township, New Jersey. Yeah, he's a businessman. Probably Did never done anything really major in his life. Right, probably like was at a uh, like a business meeting like yeah. two days before with some guy. What the fuck, man? Just living his life, talking about the Giants. Like, what the fuck? What is that? His wife and his two daughters. Oh, my oh God. several twists in the case have oh, rattled no, look law at that. enforcement. Look at that. What? He then allegedly set his own home on fire with his wife and yeah. his daughters inside. Did you not hear me say that? I thought you were talking about his uh, his brother's family. No, no. He killed his brother and his family, set the house on, fam on fire, then lit his own house on fire to make it look like he was being targeted. I knew that, but I didn't know his. he had kids in, in yeah, his house. His wife and his daughters were inside. Oh, my God. To try to make it look as if his whole family was being targeted, his brother and him. Oh, my God. His family got out of the home safely. Wow. Fucking unbelievable. Think man. about his kids right now. We're like, what did dad? What? Yeah. What? Jesus Christ. He. Oh, my God. What Family a monster. Family of four was killed before sunrise. Scroll up there. Somewhere between midnight and 5 a.m., Paul Caniero was walking around his brother's $1.5 million Colts neck home armed with a knife and a gun. Oh yeah. His brother's been in front of the white mansion when a deadly confrontation unfolded. Paul fired multiple shots, striking Keith. Fucking A. Man. When you got mad at me for not following the story clearly, did you feel like you could kill me? No, not yet. <laughs> I need more. I need more than that. Jesus Christ. He walked inside, found his wife's 
uh, found Keith's wife, Jennifer. He shot and stabbed her and then stabbed their children, Jesse, 11, and Sophia, 8. What the what fuck, the man? Hell? Then he took some documents and set a fire in the basement. What were they doing like the week before? He fucking stabbed an eight-year-old dude, an eight-year-old girl. In her sleep. How the, how the fuck does someone... Uh, in her sleep. Did it say in her sleep? Well, it was 5 a.m. It doesn't matter, man. He's, there's gunshots in the house. The kids yeah. might have gotten up. Oh, my God. Good Lord. What a monster. A monster. What was this guy like the month before? Like, what the hell? Look at that normal-looking house. Shit, that is the normalest-looking normal house ever. Do you believe... <sighs> That there is an always a presence of good and evil in the world. Like, like that it's not just evil deeds. What this guy did was evil. But do you believe that there is a real presence of evil that it's like a thing that takes over people or takes over? You know what I mean? Like, 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 like good and evil. Is that more than just people's actions or is it like a, a, a force of nature. Is there a good force of nature and an evil force of nature that is constantly using people and using things as as a catalyst or, or as a okay. instrument? Well, let's break this down. I don't think nature is the right way to approach it because I don't think there's good or evil in nature. I mm-hmm. think nature nature is actually far more moral than humans are because what with nature is just about survival, right? It's right. predators and prey and they kill things and eat things. But when animals in nature kill, like what they call surplus killings, where wolves will kill like 18 elk and not, not eat them, mm-hmm. they're, just, they're just going on their instincts. These things are there to be killed, and they, they can get them because they can't run away. Maybe it's thick snow or something like that, so mm-hmm. they just can't help it. They just tear them apart because their instincts are – they drive them to kill because that's how they survive. That's right. how their family survives. They're killing, and they're, they're, they're eating these elk. And this is just what they do. And even if they kill a bunch of them where they can't eat them, mm-hmm. their instinct is to kill because that's how they survive. It's natural. It's normal. Uh-huh. With humans, it's very different. Because with humans, there's consequences, right? And there's law. And there's other humans finding out. So there's deception. And then there's, there's selfishness. And there's the, the fear of getting caught. And then there's your own your own survival instincts in terms of like you don't want to get locked up in jail. You don't want to get caught for something. Mm-hmm. So I think, if I had a guess, that this guy didn't think he was going to kill this guy's wife and family. Probably didn't even think he was going to kill this guy. They probably got into a heated argument, and they they're stupid. Mm-hmm. And he you know he's a guinea. He's that's my people. Yeah, they they do stupid. Your people too. Ganiero. They they do stupid shit. You know they're they're <laughs> fiery people, and those those fiery people. I swore off Italian girls when I was twenty one. <laughs> I had an Italian girl take a swing at me when I was twenty one. I was like, that's it for me. I'm done. I'm like, I'm not hitting one back. This is just too fucking kooky. Some some look some yeah. men and some women are fucking crazy, and I I, I believe in epigenetics. You know, I see how wacky my fucking own kids are. What's epigenetics? Epigenetics. Well, let's let's Google it so I don't bust up the uh, the actual definition. But essentially, it's I be, the way I'm using it is that there's certain traits that are not just environmental traits; they're inherited traits, and that you here we'll pull it up here. Right. The study the changes in organisms caused by the modification of gene expression rather than the alteration of the genetic code itself. Mm, there's, better, there's better words than that. There's better uh, better definitions than that. 
the study of heritable changes in gene expression. There you go. Active versus inactive genes that do not involve changes to the underlying DNA sequence. A change in the phenotype without a change in the genotype, which in turn affects how cells read the genes. Oh, great. Now I know less about it. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> I think there's traits. And this is, this is a very... Um, this is a very controversial yet um, very uh, fascinating field of study because what they're doing is they're, they're finding out that children that are twins, that are separated by, you know, when they're babies, right. they go into different foster homes and they're yeah. raised by different families, have incredibly, remarkably similar lives. characteristics, lives, yeah. loves, um, desires, like what they're in, interested in, incredibly similar. Yeah. And they're suspecting that a lot of the inf- – like, you, you, we are a combination of nature and nurture. I think that's safe to say. Mm-hmm. And I think that there, you certainly – a lot of things happen to kids when they're young that shape their life, whether it's physical or sexual abuse, whether it's exposure to violence, or whether it's positive things like love and encouragement and, and inspiration – but there's certain information, I think, that's transferred from the parent to the child while the child is in the womb. And when, during, during the conception of the child, I think there's traits that come from the father and traits that come from the mother. Biological. Biologically. And I think this is undeniable across species. And I think this is why dogs, like, my dog has no fucking idea who his parents are. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give a shit. Right. He's, like, <laughs> he's not looking for him. He's not looking he's, for him. He, yeah. He's not on 23andme.com. Exactly. <laughs> I grab that leash and he's like, we running today, Dad? And his... What are you doing, Jamie? Uh, it's so it's funny. Movie. Have you watched it yet? The Three Identical Strangers? No, I haven't. But it's, it's about yeah. this yeah. exact yeah. very yeah. thing, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, did you watch it? No, I, I've started to like watch the trailers and stuff. I didn't <laughs> was it good? It's on uh, Netflix. Was it I've been to waiting good? for it to come on Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix? Um, <laughs> yeah, but, your dog's not like, wonder what my dad's doing now. Yeah. He, Why did he leave me? Yeah. <laughs> maybe we can have an awesome house together in the woods. No, but he's got certain instincts. Like, he lifts up his leg to piss on things. And, yeah. You know, he smells things. Like, the, and, and he chases squirrels. Like, there's there's things that are, and he's a retriever, right? He's a golden retriever, so he brings things back. I mean, that, right. I, I had pit bulls before, and they'll bring things back. But you got to teach them. Right. They don't want to bring things back. And they definitely don't want to let go. Right. They want to do is play tug of war with shit like but he lets things go and yeah. it's like natural for him that soft mouth yes yeah i have a black lab yeah. does the same thing they hold things gently because they're used to retrieving ducks and, yeah. and animal and pheasants that people shoot that's what they were raised for yeah so he brings things back like when i get him up in the morning right uh-huh. he uh he stays in this little room and uh when i get up in the morning at seven to you know take my kids to school and all that stuff yep. I, when i open up the door he whines like crazy he gets crazy wags his tail <laughs> ooh, ooh, so happy to see you but the first thing he does is pick up a toy yeah. First thing he picks up a stuffed animal and comes to me with the stuffed animal in his mouth. Like this, this is not something that we taught him. Yeah, but this is something and that golden retrievers all around the world doing the same exact thing. Yep, all around the world, all, all around the, the world, the same exact thing. There's certain traits. Yeah, that they've and I believe that Italians, my my people, <laughs> yeah, my people. I'm yep. not saying this. Mine about, too. Yeah, and yours too. I'm mostly Italian. They're savage folk. This is just a fact, man. Yeah. Just a fact. There's there's a streak. There's a streak. It goes back to the Romans. That's what I really absolutely yeah. 100% believe. Yeah. And that um, I think there are certain civilizations that have a longer history of being civilized and, and less violence. Mm-hmm. And I think when you are, where you're dealing with folks that have 
and a real history of violence mm-hmm. in their culture, and that this translates generation to generation and transfers down to the children. Right. And I think this guy is part of that. I mean, it's like there's not it's not a, a coincidence that the Italian mob so ruthlessly brutal, or that the Russian mob so ruthlessly yeah. brutal. <clears throat> Excuse me. No, for sure. There's definitely that part of it. And then there's the other part of it that, like you said, there's uh, there's the nurture part of it. Who knows what was going on in this guy's life that, you know, okay, yeah. so here we have two Italian brothers, right? Yeah. Raised the same way, Italian hot streak, all this thing. And they're one working brother, together. One brother decided to burn the house down and slaughter the family. The mm-hmm. other Italian guy didn't have that in his to-do list. But not necessarily because I don't know if they planned it out. Or if he did it just because, I mean, he had a knife on him and a gun. Maybe he was one of those crazy assholes that brought a knife and a gun everywhere. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, who knows? But they were in business it's, together. And, you know, people in business together, it's not good. they get crazy and they get real resentful. And, you know, they think one person's not doing their fair share or one person fucks up a deal or one person's costing them money. And oh, oh. Yeah, now who knows? But how the fuck do you kill each other? So how, there's how do you no... stab a baby, man? How do you stab an eight-year-old daughter? Well, you take it in your hand. Huh. Yeah, I have no idea. But the Italians also like wine. More wine, please. Oh, someone's drunk. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to give you one of these 0% alcohol Heinekens. These are supposed to be the most delicious. I've never had it. I'm going to try one of these. This is supposed to be the most delicious non-alcoholic beer. Non-alcoholic Everybody was recommended. Beer. They said that if you want to try, try a non-alcoholic it. beer that doesn't suck, get this uh, Heineken 00. So Heineken 00. Yeah, it's supposed Cheers. to be the shit. Tastes like Heineken. It does. <laughs> There's literally no difference. Pretty damn good. For non-alcoholic beer, it doesn't have that weird, I'm lying to myself, funk to it. Yeah, it doesn't have that uh, weird aftertaste. If I was a junkie, mm-hmm. I would not want to try um, <laughs> right. opiate-free heroin. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> it tastes just like it. <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just doesn't seem like yeah. it'd be a smart move, but alcoholics... We'll drink non-alcoholic beer. Walk into a liquor store, buy this non-alcoholic yeah, you're, beer, you're around, talk to the guy behind the counter. You're literally at the gate of hell. Yeah. And the, the, the fucking demons are reaching out. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 thank you. I just have this zero, zero. <laughs> Let me just test myself. Every- people who are clean are cool with taking CBD? Like, is that? Mm. Okay. It's a good question. Well, the marijuana thing is different because I think for the vast majority of human beings, obviously there's a lot of biological diversity, but the, for the vast majority of human beings, I do not think that marijuana is physically addictive. I think it's entirely possible that for some people it is. But I think for the vast majority of people, it is not physically addictive. It's more psychologically addictive. So mm-hmm. I think it's a different thing. So if they're taking CBD... What they're re- I mean, it depends on how they're taking it. If they're rolling up a CBD joint, <laughs> right? You can, take, you can take dab hits of CBD, which is a little extra. Do they do that? Yeah. Really? Yeah. For sure. Okay. Oh, wow. But, but doesn't some CBD have a little bit of THC? Yeah, that's what I was going to go with that. Right. Some of it. Well, this shit has the tiniest amount of alcohol. It says alcohol free, but I think it's like. What are the calories? Zero, zero point zero four. Alcohol free beer. With natural flavoring. Do you know uh, Heineken is one of the few beers that you can drink if you are a celiac? It does not have wheat. It's not a wheat-based beer. So if you're gluten-free, uh-huh. you can drink Heineken. Oh. Maybe not if you're a celiac, but definitely if you're gluten-free. That's not bad. Yeah. I like it. That's not bad at all. 
It's not bad. Half but the back, calories of standard. Half the calories of a standard beer. Yeah. So those other calories are just pure alcohol. I guess so. Yeah. Right. I wonder if there's like a, you know, um, there's one episode of the Opie and Anthony show. <laughs> now that I remember this, oh my God, I forgot about this. We gave this gal, um, who she, they had this, uh, I think it was, her name was Stalker Patty. I think that was her <laughs> oh, name. Oh, yeah, I remember we that. We gave this crazy, they, you know how radio shows have these regulars? Yeah. They're always coming the to the studio. Or, yeah. yeah. Well, they gave uh, this one gal... Um, a breath strip, like a standard Listerine breath strip. Mm -hmm. And this is back in the day when um, I used to get pot breath strips <laughs> that would, they would fuck you up so hard. <laughs> I remember I gave a half of one to Tom Segura and we flew to Florida to do gigs together. And by the time we landed, he's like, dude, I want to tell you something. I, I almost didn't make it. <laughs> I was oh, really? almost telling these people to turn this flight around. <laughs> He started freaking he out. Was freaking out. <laughs> Half of a breast strip would put you oh my in, a, in an alternative dimension. It was so strong. <laughs> so we gave this gal a regular breast strip. There's a video of it online. Found it, yeah. oh, it's, an hour, oh, it's like an hour long. Yeah, yeah, don't. That had no. So, yeah. Had no weed in it. So Ari gave her this breath strip and then Ari uh proceeded to like to talk to her and she was like talking about how high she was and she's so fucked uh, up she couldn't go anywhere. But we all knew that she was sober. That's but funny. But the like, she was when you're a person who's a, like a whack packer, right? Like from, uh, there's a high something chance wrong. there's something there's an issue that's not being resolved. Yes, this is not. This is which not which a, makes it hard to listen yeah. to. Frankly, this is not a <laughs> yes. With, a, with a, an actualized human being, that would be the term. Yeah. So this is not an actualized human being. Right. This is not someone who's got their shit together. No. They're, they're reading self help books and fucking getting up at five and doing yoga. No, no, no. no, no they're no, just no. trying to get through the day. They're barely getting through, yeah. and they found this thing that makes them that they they cling to yeah it's <laughs> it's bad. those characteristics are fascinating to me because you you find them in other things what like do you mean you those characteristics of these people that find something to belong to and then they become a thing they become a part of that thing you would find those people at pool halls you find those people at martial arts places mm -hmm. you find those people that hang out at comedy clubs it's like they're a little off but they find a thing yeah that becomes their the thing that they do all the time even if they're not like the comedian, they'll hang out at the comedy cellar. Yes. But, right, right. You know those folks, right? Yeah, for sure. And I don't, I totally get it. I mean, that's community. Yes. Like, just want to belong somewhere. We all want that thing. Right. Just, that's where I go. And I know those faces and they yeah. know me. And maybe I'm not totally a part of it, but I can go to the pool hall and yes. feel like I went, I was wanted on my yes. home. The pool hall was a perfect place for that because it was a hangout. Like m a lot of people weren't playing, right. so if you had like three or four tables going, there like so three or four tables would be like uh, six or eight people playing pool, but there might also be five or six people just hanging out, maybe playing cards, maybe right. just you know buying coffee and maybe ordering a sandwich or something like that, and just sitting there eating. It's important, you know that that's. I was reading a whole article about that by uh, David Brooks the other day, and he was saying that that's that uh, economically we're richer than we've ever been as a country. And even in the last couple of years, like poor people, like everyone's standard of living has gone up, which I wasn't really clear on. I thought that, you know, only the rich people were doing, were, were uh, getting richer, but everybody was kind of being lifted up, but we're unhappier than ever before. And the life expectancy is lower than ever before. And we're killing ourselves at rates that are higher than ever before. And he was saying that it's that lack of community mm. that, 
we don't go to church anymore. We don't belong to those things that gave us meaning yeah. every day in our town. And you used to go to church and you'd go to the pool hall or you go to the, you need that sense of belonging. And work is a big part of it. And people now are in this gig economy and they're working Uber, they're working seamless, they're doing different things, they're isolated, they're by themselves, they're not mm -hmm. working with other people. And it's he really believes that it's that lack of community and that lack of institutions is why we're very, very unhappy as a as a country right now. It makes sense to me. It makes sense to me as a person who's a part of a vital community, mm -hmm. um, as a, a, a comedian. Yeah. You know, like I was talking, Jeff Ross was here the other day with Dave Attell, and one of the things that he said that really struck with me, he said, I've, I almost feel like I'm a comedian more than I'm an American. I'm like I'm a comedian first, wow. I'm an American second. Right. I was like, yeah. Like, yeah. If, you, if you're at the airport... And you, you know, you run into Dave Attell or whoever it is. Yeah. Like, it's like, that's like, there's a light upon them that yeah. comes down from heaven. Exactly. It's like, one of mine. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, you just embrace them. That's why I always, I would always get suspicious of comics who didn't embrace me. Like, as soon as you said, yeah. like, I was like, there's something more weird with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. There's something like Or off. comics that don't have any comic friends. Yeah. There's very weird. There's a few weird. of those. They're fucking real strange, and they're always super selfish. It's, yeah. I can't even, like, figure out exactly what it is, but I'm just like, I know that's not one of the good ones. Yeah, especially if someone's, like, a successful comedian. That's yeah. why it's really weird. Like, you have the opportunity to hang out with some of the most fun people in the world. Oh, my God. And you're a peer of theirs. And you give them a pass. It's like family. Yeah. It's like, yeah. no. If I I did this gig in uh, in Colorado once, and just by chance it was like this corporate thing, and there was another comic on the bill who I won't mention, and I was like, oh, that's cool. We're in the middle of like nowhere, and at least there's another comedian here. Yeah, he did his set, split, didn't talk to me. Just like there was no, I was like I was like your your dog, like hey, let's play, let's play, <laughs> <laughs> and he just like, split. I was like, all right, that guy's weird. That guy's yeah. there's something, and I and it's true. <laughs> I think it's less common now than it was back in the day. And this is another thing that I talked about with the, with Jeff and Dave is we were talking about camaraderie. That there's um, there's less competition now than there ever was before mm -hmm. because before there was only a limited number of Tonight Show slots. There was a limited number of sitcoms right. that you could be on, and that's what everybody wanted. Everybody wanted their own sitcom, yeah. and everybody wanted to be on the Tonight Show. And there were very few of those. Very few. Yeah. And everybody was competing for these very limited slots, and there's yeah. very few HBO specials. There was was not there wasn't a lot, and there was a lot of us, and so it led to a lot of like jealousy. A lot of clawing and scratching. Right. And now, I can see thanks that. to many things, thanks to the internet, thanks to YouTube initially, then podcast, and then Netflix, it seems like the world is our oyster. There's so much. Yeah. All you, you have to do is put out good content. Totally. And you could have your own audience, and yeah. he could have his own audience, yeah. and she could have hers, yeah. and all exist without having to per uh, poach each other's audiences. Yeah, and you know, I promote like in the beginning of uh, if you're listening to this on YouTube, it's not on it because it's uh, something that I do in the beginning of the audio version of it. But I, I'm always talking about people's specials that are out, like that now the bumping mic special with Dave and and Jeff Ross yeah. is out now. They're not paying me to say that. Netflix is not right. paying me to say that. The yeah, Joe right. Diaz special or the Christina Pazitsky special. They're not paying me to say that. Yeah. I'm saying that because these people are all my friends, and I want them to prosper. Yeah. I, want, I want everything to. I want them to. I, I think they're great, and I want everybody to know that this is great stuff. And if you if you're a fan of comedy, I want to help you. Yeah. It's like I want to be that guy at the wine store going, "Hey, <laughs> yeah. you want to see an eighteen dollar bottle of wine that'll knock your dick into the yeah. dirt? It's Joey Diaz." Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nobody you know? knows about yeah. it, but you're going to love it. Well, more people know about Joey now than ever before. Oh, yeah, but because of not you. Not enough. Not enough. Yeah. No, I know. He's the best ever. Yeah, I've never, so I've funny. never seen anybody that makes me laugh harder. I don't know if I... If I enjoy him as much as I watch, as, as much as I enjoy how much you enjoy him, <laughs> like it really is such a great thing. Just watching you guys when he's going off and you're laughing at him, it's just it's like I could watch that all day. <laughs> I feel so uh, thankful. He's you know? so real. He's such a. I mean, he's just one of those yeah. people that you just. He's so real, yeah. especially if I have a buzz. I got. I've had a couple <laughs> of drinks. I smoke a little weed, and yeah. I watch Joey. I'm so thankful. I'm just like so thankful. There's a guy like that out there. Yeah. In my opinion, he's that the the leader of the charge because he's the most <laughs> reckless and wild, and mo- and he, even legit. more so now. Now that he did that Netflix special, oh my god, yeah. go go see him, people. He is a fucking monster right now. <laughs> he's like he's peaking. He's better yeah. than he was before, and he was the best before. No. It's such a great thing. Like when you go to any club and then you, you come in and you just see whatever random people are there. You know, my wife was a comedian uh, before we had kids. And the first thing she wants to ask, she asks when I come back is, who who was there? Who did you see? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I saw Steve Byrne. I saw the whatever. And she's like, oh, she wants. Right. Because she doesn't, she's not part of the community. Like she is, but she doesn't get to visit. Yeah. So yeah. it's like she misses that sense. And we're very right. lucky to have that. Yeah, as grown men to be able to like walk into this very fun community that you're a part of. Yeah, it gives man. you meaning. It gives yeah. you a sense of of belonging, and that's what a lot of people don't have nowadays. It's it's very uh, I, I, according to David Brooks, that's the reason for everybody's malaise. I think there's certainly something to that. I think it's weird living in places where you don't know your neighbors. You know, I mean mm-hmm. that's that's fucking weird. I mean, yeah, uh, Norton was telling me that he lives in this big apartment building in New York City, and um, I think he said, I mean, there's got to be hundreds of people living in that building. Oh, it's easy. a huge, huge building. Yeah, I know where he is. He doesn't know anybody. Weird. He says no, doesn't know anybody. He says he tries to say hi to his neighbor. They look at him like he's a fucking murderer. <laughs> like, like, nobody's friendly to anybody. Yeah. It's, like, it's so it, weird. They're, they're like, you're too loud. Stop making noise. That's what everybody does to people. Bang on the door, or bang yeah. on the floor, or bang on the roof. Conflict. Yeah. It's a weird thing. And it's weird, you know. My my youngest wants to go to church, and uh, how old? Thirteen. Hmm. And because uh, uh, friends, what is it? Maybe she has more of a she has more of a sensitivity and like she knows there's something other than there's something spiritual going on. Get her mushrooms. <laughs> I think that might have been what kicked the whole thing off. <laughs> and uh, and she's just she's searching a little bit, right. and she wants that. And she likes being able to sit someplace and. Uh, and we go, and it's not like when I was a kid. Like, when I was a kid and we were Catholic, the place was packed. Like, you couldn't find parking. Like, right, it was like, right, right. it was a big deal. My father would be like, we're going early. Come on, get out of the house. We got to get a spot. I'm not walking from the back. And it was like a big thing. Now it's like you kind of roll up, it's half full, and there's nobody there. And it's, you know, of course, the Catholic Church has a lot of problems. And, you but, think? But every, but every. What do you mean by problem? But, but all these religions <laughs> have had a little, a little kerfuffles. No, they haven't. <laughs> a no, little, they haven't. A little, Not like the Catholic Church. No, the Catholic Church is the worst. It's the worst. But the, I know. But don't let me get sidetracked. Okay, I'm sorry. But the, the thing is, we know so much now, and we're able mm-hmm. to see that all these institutions are flawed. Right. That they, there's problems with all of them. We used to people used to think. My grandmother just thought. 
church is the best and this is the best. And they didn't ask questions. Yeah. Now we know everything and we know that all these institutions are flawed. And I think we're making the mistake that you can't be a part of a political party. You can't be a part of a community. You can't be a part of thing if it's not perfect. But that's not a way to live. You got to kind of be a little ignorant if you're going to show up. You got to kind of not be ignorant, but allow things to be flawed. Or start a new one. Go on. Yeah. I mean, the, the right way to address the issues of a flawed institution and not just to accept them, but to try to create a new institution that doesn't have as many flaws. I mean, that's right. what we... That's not what we did, but what our founding fathers did when they established the United States of America. Yeah. The idea was to establish a place where you have an experiment in self-government, and mm -hmm. that's never existed before in the world. And this is what the United States represents to the rest of the world outside of us. Yeah, I mean, this is what we, again, I keep saying we, it's not we, but what the people that established the United States did was they broke the mold as to how a world superpower or a country, it wasn't yeah. a superpower at the time, could exist. but how a country could exist. And then that country, I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that out of just a couple hundred years, that country emerged the greatest superpower the world's ever known. Mm -hmm. I think that freedom allows unprecedented activity in terms of innovation, in terms of creativity, and not being suppressed, and not being in total fear for your life for any form of dissent. Mm -hmm. So any, and this is this goes back to not just religion, but any sort of any group yeah any 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 group that's in control of any sort of a situation as soon as you suppress all the other people mm -hmm. you you limit their ability to contribute right right and, and this is what has existed all throughout Europe and what existed all throughout Asia all throughout the rest of the world yeah when the United States came along and then when the United States came along, all of a sudden, you have this unprecedented development and growth in this one place where people are allowed to be free, yeah. where we support free expression, where we, we support freedom free of speech, free, freedom of religion, and we separate church and state. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons why these things are so important. So when you get like religious fundamentalist wackos that say, this is, country was founded on Christian values. That doesn't right. matter. It right. doesn't matter. If you're a peaceful Muslim, if you're a peaceful Buddhist, if you're a peaceful Mormon, whatever the fuck it is, we should all embrace each other. We should yeah. allow each other 100% freedom. And as soon as someone starts restricting that freedom and restricting people's ability to express themselves, you run into real problems because then you don't let these things play out in their natural order. You don't let ideas play out where people get to examine those ideas yeah. and change. Like, Look, if you look at some of the more suppressive areas of the Middle East, the real problem is that these people live, not just, there's many real problems, but one yeah. of the real problems is these people live in fear. So there's no real freedom of expression. And there's also this real desire for conformity. There's mm -hmm. real desire to establish that you are a part of the group that is one of the good ones that's going to abide by the rules and you are going to show everyone else that you are a part of this group, whether it means throwing gay people off buildings or throwing rocks at women that just have been adulterers, say, all that stuff. I was just going to say, like, your life actually depends yes. on you conforming. Yes. I was with my friend the other day who's gay, and he was saying that you he can't- You have a gay friend? He, he, just Stop one. the show. Just one. Just come shut, on, fellas. Shut it off. Come on, fellas. Shut it off. <laughs> and it really- How close? He's close. Comes over your house? So close. Whoa. I didn't realize he can't go to half of the planet. 
as an open gay man. Oh, yeah. He can't go to Russia. He can't go to the, all of the Middle East. There's parts of Asia. Like, they will kill you yeah. if you're gay in those areas. Yeah. I mean, talk about, I mean, right. what's going to make a, a, a city flourish than gay people coming in with bold ideas and <laughs> let's go. I mean, I yeah. saw them change parts of New York like it was nobody's business. Well, and also I think that like the, 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 what's great about gay folks is when gay folks are embraced and they're allowed to be themselves. Oh, my God. And then they can express that. And then you get to see that like there's, a, there's such a giant spectrum of the way people behave and think and the things that they love. And if you don't allow people yeah. to express their position on that spectrum, then you don't even know it exists. Right. And then you create all sorts of deviance because you know, you're forcing them into this, some unnatural pattern, which is one of the things that I think about the Catholic Church. I think mm-hmm. part of the problem is that these people are suppressed sexually, mm-hmm. like incredibly suppressed, not just suppressed in terms of their, whether they're homosexual or heterosexual, but there's no sex. You're not allowed to have any sex. Right. Yeah. So how's it going to come out? It's fucking insane. It's like it's insane. being in denial of the fact that you need to drink water. And it's so upsetting because I'm really kind of searching a little bit because I was raised Catholic and I did like going. I have what she has. I did like going and sitting in the pew on Sunday was different from the other days. Yeah. And I, used to, I got to hear people talk about being nice to each other. And I got to see the people from my town who you saw running around, but now they're just sitting there quietly and praying. There was goodness to it. Yeah. And they went out and fed the homeless. There was yeah. good stuff that came from it. And she wants that. I get that. And now you're sitting in an institution, though, and you know the backstory of what's going on. It's, you know, how do you sit there? Yeah. How do you sit there? So I'm, I'm, I said to her last night, maybe we should just go to yoga. <laughs> we'll sa- satisfy your spiritual side. But, right. But then you know. they're wacky too, man. I, I mean, know. Look, I go to um, a Bikram yoga. I go to hot yoga, yeah. the 90-minute hot yoga. And that guy, I don't think he's allowed to come in this country. No, Isn't he's not. The, deal? the guy who made Bikram. No. Yeah. No, I, that I guy. I do not think he's a. He find was, out if that's the case. He he got a little rapey. Uh, well, <laughs> he definitely got a little. He took advantage of his privilege, his position, his power. Well, yeah, I guess you could say power, but the reverence that people had towards him. Yeah. They, they felt like he was a guru, and so he would get these girls alone, yeah. and he would make them suck his dick or whatever. Right. But I, I think, see. Now this I'm getting this is very dangerous waters. But I was having a conversation with a woman who is a she's an, actually an instructor and she said, "Listen, that guy is definitely creepy, but let me tell you something. A lot of those girls not only knew what he was about, but they wanted to be with him. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be with him because of his power and because he represented something special to them. Mm-hmm. And then when he just like shot a load in their mouth and then kicked them to the curb. Then they became angry and decided they were molested. They went into it willingly. I do not know if she's accurate or inaccurate. Well, I was not there and I'm not a woman. Yeah. But I do know that people have, like, a, like I remember women throwing, not throwing themselves, but making it, like, very clear that they were, they had deep admiration for my martial arts instructor mm-hmm. when I was, when I was a young kid and I was uh, practicing Taekwondo. Yeah. I remember these women, they were so in awe of my martial arts instructor because right. he represented 
the, a master of something that they were deeply enamored by. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also what happens with these yoga people. Yeah, it's seductive. Yes. You know, it's seductive. You know, there's, and, and also with something like that, it's very physical and mental and spiritual. It's, it's sexual. It's sexual. Like it's, yoga is, yeah. look, I don't, I've never had any sex with anybody in my yoga class, but, <laughs> but, but I'm telling you when everybody's in there sweating and, and everyone's yeah. almost naked, I, I'm wearing these little fucking shorts and these girls are wearing these little shorts and, <laughs> and the teacher goes around and she like calls yeah. you out. It's like, Oh, she likes me. <laughs> yes. I can understand how some of those people get intimate with each other after this is all over because they're, they're so close to being naked and sweating together <laughs> right you know and your friend is right uh in that there there were some women i'm sure who wanted to be with him yes but my it's friend his... was not dismissing any yeah. rapey shit either but it's his She's... responsibility because he has the power and knows what he's wielding like in a workplace kind of thing it's up to you to be the one right. who puts the brakes on it that's where it gets interesting that's, because yeah. <clears throat> he does not seem to think that he does have any responsibility at all for the people that are working for him, teaching these classes and chat, like he was, right. he did this HBO documentary. It was fucking. They, they did this HBO uh, interview about him. It was uh, so ridiculous. This is the Bikram guy. Yeah, yeah. He goes, there are women that would pay one million dollars for one drop of my sperm. <laughs> he says this. Oh See if you can find the video. So he's fully B aware. Bikram said he's fucking crazy. <laughs> he's fully aware of his he's power. He's crazy. Yeah. They, the, 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 he was he was dismissing <laughs> the idea that he would ever sexually assault anyone. He's Be like, why would I do that when these women that will pay one million dollars for one drop of my sperm? <laughs> well, it wasn't yeah, that one. Why? It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. <laughs> Brian Gumble wasn't there. I think they're discussing it. Right. They're discussing the sperm no, that, comment. You go on to see the guy because he looks like a... Because he said the comment to a woman, and she was like this. She was like, what in the fuck did you say? <laughs> she, you know, like yeah. HBO's there he Andrea is, yeah. Kremer uh, breaks down million-dollar sperm interview. <laughs> million-dollar sperm interview. <laughs> There's some shit that you say. There's some shit that you say where people go, wait, what yeah, the fuck wait. did you say? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, there's some things that are uh, what's called funny. that you would call beyond the pale. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, I love I love just seeing pictures. You hear these stories, then you see him. He's like, you're like grandpa. He's like all loose skinned and he's yeah. balding and but that's the thing. It's like when you're in a power a powerful position like that. He's very spiritual. <laughs> and people will pay one million dollars. What does it say? From being circumspect to real sport, uh, the seventy-year-old went off on a rant, claiming five thousand women a day want to sleep with him. Four have committed suicide over his charms, and people would pay one million dollars for a drop of his sperm. See now, imagine I would... if you lived in that world. I would just shoot loads every day and then retire. If you if you just drank, <laughs> ate a lot of zinc. <laughs> a lot of zinc and like what makes loads oysters celery yeah is that Ce really yeah celery that's vegan nonsense and no. propaganda celery Don't to those people. celery adds to the pop what tells you who tells you that the celery people <laughs> that's like that's like some fucking celery lobby no it's true celery does how do you know i remember i read something porn people right mm. celery yeah celery if you know What's Jamie got here? Oh, here he is. I can make a line. The most beautiful, famous, rich women in the world, if I have to sleep with women, 
and have to sleep, you know, 5,000 girls every day. 5,000 women a day want to sleep with you? <laughs> yeah. They commit yeah. suicide. Four of them. You're saying that four different women... Four different women. ...each killed themselves because yeah. you wouldn't have sex with All them. All right. <sighs> Why I have to harass you women? People pay $1 million for one drop of my sperm. <laughs> I can make $1 million a day, every drop. You are that idiot or dumb to believe those trash. The women are the trash? Yeah. I pick them from trash and give them life. Oh my God. Ooh, 70 so years spiritual. old. He looks pretty good for a 70 year old dude. That's from selling all that loads. Uh, oh my God. It's no good. It's not very long. They, gotta, <laughs> they get they gross. Get it dry up real quick. Yeah, they get gross. <clears throat> You know, oh man, um, oh man. Yeah, so that spiritual thing, like the but whole that's, But that's yeah. Yeah. It's like the problem with it is you're still an animal, right? So if the yeah. animal it's like we were talking about before where the wolves go on these surplus kills and they mm -hmm. kill all these elk and they don't eat them. Yeah. Like in Wyoming there was a recent issue. There was eighteen elk that were killed by wolves in these surplus killings. It was a real tragedy. Yeah. And these wolves can't help themselves. It's just their instincts. So his instincts as a man, he has instincts to procreate, right? His instincts to respond to women that are sexually attracted to him. And he teaches these classes in front of hundreds and thousands of people, and everybody loves and adores him. So in his fucked up, twisted brain, yeah. everything that he said there made sense. My yeah. favorite part of it was that woman, Andrea, when she, when she <laughs> clarified, yeah. so you're saying, so you're saying. <laughs> that... Four women have committed to it. Like, I want this motherfucker has to be clear on this nonsense. I like how she's like, there. He is. She yeah, doesn't even change her expressions. She's just like, So you're saying, mm. yeah, I mean, look at that girl right now. He's standing on top of a woman's hips as she's bent over backwards. That girl is like, He wants me. He's standing over yeah. me. This By is the a way. I've taken a lot of yoga classes. Nobody ever stood on my hips. No, they no did. Way. I'd be like, Hey, bro. But I do like it when you're doing yoga and they come over and they like push your legs down and you're like, okay. Yeah, a little, well, assisted a little deeper. stretching. Oh shit, I just spilled. Assisted. I spilled, Jamie. Spilled wine. Leave it there, bro. Let it All sink right. in. It's good for the, the, the patina. <laughs> I'm learning those, those terms. The patina. So, lay that there. So, when you're in the church, the church of yoga, home, or real church, and you're abusing your power. And that's a different animal because you're dealing, dealing, abusing it with children. Yeah, it's so You know, bad. it's a totally different animal. Yeah. You know, when you're taking six-year-olds and abusing them, that's a different animal. Yeah. You know I mean? Like, it's like there's levels to this shit, right? Like, the guy killing his brother is horrific to me. Mm -hmm. The guy killing his brother's wife, more horrific. The guy killing his brother's wife and then kids, impossible, demonic. It's like that. It, what you were saying earlier, like, do you believe in good or evil? Yeah. I don't know if I believe in it, but if it did exist, it exists in, in the mind of men. Yeah. And it exists in, in that time, you know? It's I like, know. Or if, yeah. But, you know, it's like, what I, I had this bit that I did on my last special, and it was about men's rights groups. And it was, it, I, I, I was trying to figure out a way to say this and make it be funny, but it's so true that I said, men commit most of the murder. Men mm -hmm. commit most of the rape. Men cause all the war. This is a, these are facts. Mm -hmm. Like the most horrific things in our life are war, yeah. murder, rape. Those are the most horrific things yeah. in all of life. I mean, yeah. theft pales in comparison. 
and I think men steal more than women too. Yeah. But that the, that's the evil. This is if there was a demon and the demon came down to earth and there was only three things that it could get you to do. Yeah. It would get you to rape, murder, and cause war. Right. So if a demon was real, yeah, a demon would be men. So I get. I, I said this as a joke that I get feminists like in the special. I was like, I get it. If I was a feminist, I'd be one too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't be one as a man because they're not real. Because like male feminists, like <laughs> they're just tricksters. They're just like, show me a, a male feminist that can pick up heavy things and run really fast. <laughs> right. They don't exist. <laughs> like this, you have a limited parameter where you're allowed yeah. to be a male feminist. But yeah. but I get it. Like yeah. when I look at the actions of men, if you're an objective person, you take yourself out of the human race. And you look at all all human beings, and you yeah. look at the horror that men – not that women haven't done awful shit and falsely accused people and killed their kids. And women have done all those things. Sure. Some women. Some. But the vast majority of horrors yeah. have, been have been committed yeah. by men. Yeah. I know. It's like – I know it's a very primitive uh, uh, way to look at the world, that there's good and evil, and it exists in these certain ways. It's pot. That's good. It's all good. All right, but let's, a little hit of that. Don't get crazy. I'm worried that I won't be funnier after I do this. Okay. But let's see. Jamie will pick up the spot. Dude, you like Elon Musk. You're a goddamn pioneer. We're good? Jamie's going to go deeper. You're crazy. <clears throat> Jamie's going for three, I think. Is that three? Jamie has hip problems. If you, uh, if you see a, a video of the floor, <laughs> Jamie hits the, <laughs> Jamie hits the Jamie. wrong button. He's <laughs> like Biggie that. Smalls over there in a cloud of... What's amaz- amazing to me is that this is now 100% legal here, it's so, but still not federally, right? Well, that's, that, that's what was funny about the Elon thing, when Elon smoked it here. Yeah. It was like, it's totally legal, it's totally okay, but in everyone's minds, they're still like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, well, they need to let it go, and this yeah. is why they need to let it go. We're on your side. You know, I'm on, I'm on, <clears throat> I'm on like... The, the, the good people of government, law enforcement, fire department, military, the good people of government. I'm on your side, man. Yeah. I, and I'm a stoner. Yeah. I mean, I'm on your side. I'm on your side a thousand million percent. And making it legal actually helps all that because now you don't have to uh, go out and fight just, these phony wars against it. It doesn't just do that. It makes people more compassionate. I know. <clears throat> it makes people – look, it's like everything else. You can abuse beating off. You know, I remember when I was – A million dollars a drop. One million dollars <laughs> for one drop of my sperm. You know, if you're a person that gets obsessed with masturbation, yeah, like you could ruin your life. Yeah, there's, there's people that are yeah. legitimate porn addictions where they watch porn eight, ten hours a day, yeah, and they can't stop. Right. This is like everything. Yeah. It's, I think you can ruin yourself with sugar. You can ruin yourself with food. You can ruin yourself with with laziness. You yeah. can you can get into a habit where you just can't get up. Yeah. You know, you can you can get into a comfort zone where you just want to take baths all day. <laughs> right. You know, people do shit like that. Yeah, no, I know. Exactly. Yeah, there's... Did Roseanne say she did that after all of her bullshit went down? She just got in the bath all the time, drank wine? <laughs> Was that yeah. her that said that? It's her safe space. I apologize if it wasn't. But, so, um, so anyway, it's, it's, I know it's a very basic way. I mean, we've been talking about good and evil since the time of... Uh, the men were able and women were able to you know write and right. and philosophize and but it it i don't know it just seems to me lately like i've seen it feels to me like evil and good is actually a force that we're struggling with yeah and i know there's i know like some people would say that's kind of uh you know a primitive way of thinking but i do kind of feel like uh it actually is a very 
a real tangible thing and that what makes you think this like this your, your personal feelings is it based on like uh, your intuition like what is it i yeah it's intuition it's like a vibe mm. it's like a it's just like a maybe because i'm showing up at church and kind of like searching a little bit myself and i i am very much about good people doing good things and yeah. i've just been kind of conscious of it but then there's always like these this rise of evil that like comes up like all of a sudden white supremacists or these riots or these horrible things yeah. against people in different parts of the world and it's it seems like it's this non ongoing like it, struggle like almost like it, why hasn't it caught up yet to the way you look at the world the way a lot of people look at the world yeah just, a lot of people look at the world like like if tom papa if you were in charge and if you had to push all the buttons that would sort of decide how people behaved if that, yeah. if that was a possible thing of course you the one of the first thing you do is eliminate all the violence right and all the horrors of the world yeah and if and you then could, you and then also i'm sorry to cut you off but you also see that all those horrors are done by these men and yeah. stuff who when you sit and like kind of analyze them and they've been the victims of a lot of things mm -hmm. and there's like genetic victimization and social and it's like so where's that coming from why are these this kid that could have been okay, ends up in this life of crime and ends up murdering somebody. And where's that coming from? Is this just a genetic mutation or is there like a force of good and evil? I think we're still, we're still dealing with the echoes of the past. That's what I, I really firmly believe. Mm -hmm. And I think also the way maybe you and I are having this conversation, the way a lot of people are having these conversations today, just like us, mm -hmm. like basically the same sort of rational people sitting around with no agenda going, why does this exist? Mm -hmm. why, why is all this horrors of life? Why, why is all this injustice? Why is that there? Yeah. I think this is, uh, it, we haven't been here that long. <laughs> I, I just really think that's, that's real. Uh -huh. And I think we need to absorb that much better. Our, our time spent in modern civilization versus the time of life on earth is a joke. The time on life on earth in, in relationship to the time of the universe is a joke. Right. The numbers are insane. Yeah. We can't understand that we, we literally were monkeys just a couple weeks ago. Right. Like yeah. the, the bit that I have in my act about the United States being founded in 1776, yeah. that's three people ago. Yeah, right. People live to be 100. <laughs> that's three people ago. Right. It really is. Yeah, that's nothing. So three people ago, people were these creatures that uh had to make fire right, right? Yeah. to stay warm they didn't have electricity mm -hmm. they didn't have engines yeah they they made boats out of trees and they <laughs> used the wind to drift across the ocean while staring at the stars with a fucking a gigantic harp looking thing right what was that thing a sextant yeah Isn't that, that thing that they use yeah, they the have to like, look at the stars <laughs> and figure out where the other ones are so you had to trust that these yeah. motherfuckers had mapped out the universe well <laughs> that so you could GPS. make it across the ocean yeah and a lot of people died of scurvy along the way like fuck man that yeah. is crazy and that, not long ago dude that's so goddamn recent yeah when I, I was listening to dan carlin's hardcore history one of the best podcasts ever have you i don't know if you're no. listening to, oh, it's so good but he has this thing on the the mongols called the wrath of the cons and what freaked me out is not just how crazy that world was back then and what unbelievable damage and destruction the mongols created mm -hmm. and how they just conquered empires just moved across the world killed millions and millions of people but was really fucked up it was I think, Google this to make sure I'm not wrong, I think that was only like 1200 BC. I don't think that was that long ago. Right. 
Yeah. That's really recent, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's really recent. I think Genghis so, Khan died in the 1200s, if I remember correctly. 1200 AD, not BC. AD. Oh, well, did yeah. I say BC? Yeah, yeah. I actually meant AD. Yeah, yeah. I, I said BC, but I really did mean yeah. AD. Which makes it more recent. Yeah. It's like 800 years ago. I'm a little stone folk, yeah. sorry. <laughs> but it made it a lot more recent. But that 1200, well, 1200 so, BC would still be, still be pretty fucking recent. But 1200 AD, which is what I meant to say, right. that is so recent. Yeah. That's, that's just... Not that long ago. Yeah, that's people were starting to make wine and sourdough. years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, Other ish. Other way. Other way. Seven ninety-two. Seven ninety-two. Seven hundred and ninety-two years ago, a guy killed fifty million people during his lifetime with his actions. Right. They changed the carbon footprint of the world. I mean, they they, they so it's destroyed. A, so I mean, they yeah, they. they so then you're right. saying it's Was more. Right? You were right. Yeah, I was bad. right. Okay. So you're saying it's Either more way. surprising that we're doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. And that we have electric cars and yeah. medicine and all this other kind of like it's more surprising that we're doing that than it is that people are running around killing right. each other. Well, like Nazi Germany. Dude, that was 1940s. That's yeah. crazy. That's maybe crazier than anything. You know, if you and Carlin has some great stuff on that too in the history of World War 1 and World War 2. Mm -hmm. But if you're 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 watching a documentary on that and and you're watching those people move around especially that one that you showed me Jamie that's been digitally remastered when you see it in color <laughs> is that is it Ken Burns that did that yeah i think so they digitally remastered some footage from world war 1 and you get to watch these people move around like in real time you yeah. you realize like oh these are just People. These are people. They're just Just people. like you and I know. me. And this is like 100 years ago. 100 yeah. years ago, we're involved in this crazy-ass war. And then a few years later, we're involved in another crazy-ass war. Yeah. So why can't we figure it out? Dude, Because I'm evil you, is present. I don't know. I think, I think it used to be the only way that people got by. I think- Killing going, each other? Yeah, and I think from going from small groups of people- which, like, in these small groups of people, they would have interpersonal conflicts. They would have uh, fights with members in the tribe. Uh -huh. But they would sort it out, and there would probably be some sort of rule that they would all try to live by. But then they would get invaded by people that didn't have anything and were looking for your stuff. Mm -hmm. And they came over the top of the hill, and they killed, and they raped, and they, they stole women. And they just did that for a long-ass time, man. They did that for a long ass time. Right. This was the, the history of the steps, like that Dan Carlin maps out in this Wrath of the Khan thing, makes right. you go, Jesus Christ, imagine being born then. <laughs> right. Imagine. <laughs> yeah. uh, just imagine how crazy that meant being a baby and seeing arrows flying around. And <laughs> people, people cut were, open. Dude, people were lighting people on fire and launching them onto roofs with catapults. Right. <laughs> This is the footage from World War One. So look how they digitally remastered Peter. it. And yeah, Peter Jackson is doing it for Jackson. a movie, I believe, or a documentary. That's I the craziest <sighs> thing. When you look at history and you think that, well, that was then. It's like, no, they're just us. Just happen to be. They're really no different than you and me. Dude, we haven't been here this long. We haven't been here this long. This is the thing. Like people that look like this, that are wearing like uniforms and that are, you know, have like decent stuff. Nice wheels to their wagons, all that kind yeah. of shit. <clears throat> That's real recent, man. No, I know. It's recent as fuck. And there's been a bunch of different ways that people have done it. You know, but, but even but, if you go back to, like, act, the Egyptians. But isn't the act of, like, okay, so we know, like, that guy lit his house on fire. <sighs> yeah. We know that is a, just instinctually, we know and have known during even all this, this history, we've known that that is evil. 
Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like It's insanely selfish. It ne- it's not like we went from having to like eat each other and now we're trying to get our act together. Right. You know what I mean? There is a we all know that that is such a evil evil thing. It is. It is. I think it exists. I think we have to fight it. Well, it's it is evil, but it's ego that's causing that, right? That guy didn't want to go to jail. He didn't want to shoot himself. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to kill himself and he didn't want to go to jail. So he decided he was going to kill a bunch of people to make up a story. He he had a plot, and his plot was to save himself. All right. You know, and that's when people get trapped in a situation where they're allowed to make decisions, and they're allowed to, you know, if if not allowed to, but if they choose to make decisions, and those decisions are horrific, and then they have to somehow or another justify those decisions because they never look at their own behavior. They always mm-hmm. judge other people. I mean, this is a pattern that people fall into yeah. where they're always looking for other people to always be wrong. Right. And they never grow. And so like a guy like that, if he was so psychotic that he could kill somebody and then he has this decision to make and this decision is to kill the wife and the kids too. Like he's just like always got to be right. You know what I'm saying? Like he's always, he's got to, he, he's trying to cover his tracks. He's trying to lie always. Like this is a, the, the type of person that could do something like that, yeah. this, this is a horrific pattern of thought. And it might have been triggered by the murder itself. So it's just a chemical flip in his brain that says, now I can kill people? Like, he, he hasn't he done is, it his man. whole life, and he's just going right. to the subway and getting a sandwich with all the stuff on it. And just, be, just like watching the Monday Night Football. And then the next week, he's like, something flips in his brain. is like, no, now I can kill I don't think it's all the, the people think, that I know and love. I think in a fit of rage. In a fit of rage, he does something horrific. And then I think he's one of those people that tries to justify his actions. So it just So gets... he tries to figure out a way where he can justify it. That they're, they're going to be in hell anyway because the guy's dead. You know, they'd, they'd probably yeah, better I don't think off he's thinking not that suffering. Deep. He no, can't I mean, be thinking that he deep. Could, he could. You think? People are crazy, man. They come up with justifications. Yeah, but we came from these, like we said before, this is an Italian dude right. like us. <laughs> He's like, right, but he could have also, we don't know if he's medicated, do we? No, that, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a big your one. brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. We don't know what he was doing. You know, I mean, he could have been on something, which, uh, you know, makes people do horrific things. Do you think, do you believe in karma? I think for sure that when you put energy out there it affects things around you in terms of the way people interact with you and that in turn affects the way they will interact with other people as well and i think there's like there's there's a certain amount there's an energy you put out it's you could call it that but that makes it sound like you got a crystal in your pocket right not really energy is real it's like energy is a real thing there's a real right if i was if i was a murderer and came and sat in here, there'd be a different vibe than what you're feeling from me. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A chronic masturbator. Well, it's also people that are off and then struggling with the fact that they've done something awful, right? right. There's like an energy to that. Yeah. It's like a constantly being on edge energy. Yeah. You ever read Crime and Punishment? That's Dostoevsky? Yeah. I never read that. Oh, you should read it. Oh. It's so... He kills someone and just he's carrying the... It's the, the guilt. greatest description of the guilt, just carrying that thing. Ooh. Now, that guy's going to emit an energy, but you don't think there's karma just for, like, you do something bad and then so something think, bad will happen to I you. I think, I genuinely believe, and this is no crystals in my pocket, I genuinely believe that if you do something that you know to be awful, mm-hmm. that that has a, uh, an equal effect coming back 
at you. Uh-huh. Like whatever bad that you've put out in terms of like doing something evil to a person, mm-hmm. that the way you feel personally, like about yourself, you will take an equal blow. I really believe that. And where's that blow come from? I think it comes from your own introspective thinking. I think so. You're um, doing it to and yourself. Maybe even worse. You know, you might even feel worse in that person. Like you'd say something rude to a person just because you're tired, and, uh-huh. then, and then you realize you said something rude, and you're like, yeah. "Fuck, <laughs> right? Oh, why did I do that? I didn't mean." And then they could be like, "Tom Papa's dick." <laughs> right. like, no, I'm not really not. I just I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you, you just ask me something stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. But it's like it's hard to turn that around. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So you might hate yourself more than they even get mad at you. So karma's really. You dealing with the energy. It's not the universe saying now something bad's going to happen to you. You're kind of creating it's, it with your own actions and your own stuff. I think it's real dangerous when we pretend that we have any sort of real understanding of the patterns of all the events that take place in the world. So when you start to say like someone, something happened to someone because of karma, uh, that's okay. The problem with saying that is what about babies? What about babies with leukemia? Were they bad babies? Like right. What happened? Why did they get cancer? Why did they die young? Right. Why did they die in car accidents? Well, they didn't Why have... did they... That doesn't make any sense. They've never done anything bad. They're babies. But that's... But you could say that, uh, you know, bad shit happens to us all, mm-hmm. but can you create more bad shit by your bad actions? it's entirely possible, too, and it's, it's also entirely possible that you're creating more bad shit by feeling bad about yourself because you've done bad shit. Mm-hmm. So you create more of this negative energy that you carry around with you. I think that's entirely possible, too. But I think that we're, we also have this weird need to define things, you know? And yeah. I think that we're, we're looking to this thing that we're calling karma, and we're saying that this is like this this definite correlation between action and reaction and between the good you put out there and the good that comes back. Mm-hmm. And my take is that I think there's definitely something going on, but I don't think yeah. we should define it yet because I, d- I don't think we really know. And I think as soon as we box it up and and say it's this thing and this is the the absolute reaction that the world has, when you put good out there, good comes back. Good people yeah, no, die all right. the time, folks. Yeah. Good people die. I think we're. I think there's. I think there is an energy. Yeah. And the, you know, we know it from the work that we do. I think it's both. When you things. stand on stage, yeah, there's an energy in that room, that transference between you and the people that are out there, and you're playing with it, and it's a real thing. Yeah. It's a very real thing. It's like hypnosis, right? Yeah. 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 It is. And and then they can they can reverse hypnotize you. They can yeah. bring this other energy the other way. So. That there is this energy of all of us out there and running around, it's it's not that far to think then there couldn't be good energy and there's bad yeah. energy and there's and is that ultimately good and evil? Maybe it is all generated from human beings. Maybe if you educated everyone and they could all be kind and try and come at it that way, we could actually feel that there was more good, but that's just more good coming from people. I don't know. Well, if you want to get really spacey with this. Sure. Really, really spacey. It's the holidays. <sighs> you go, okay, well, what what exactly are people doing? That's what you do. You go, what are people doing? Mm-hmm. What are they doing? 
Like, what, what's our purpose to be, yeah, like, being here? Look at us from an outside perspective. Like, pretend you're not a person. Right. And you're looking at all the people like, <laughs> what are they doing? Yeah. They're moving really fast. They're yeah. spending most of their time doing things they don't want to do. And they're buying stuff. Bustling around. And so because they're throwing all this money at stuff, <laughs> the stuff keeps getting better. So every year the stuff keeps getting more complex and more capable and more high tech and more space age. This is bananas, man. I got to watch. I can call people like fucking Dick Tracy, man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that as people keep going on and on and on and on with this stuff, this is we need some sort of energy behind this innovation. And a lot of the energy is conflict, mm -hmm. conflict and resolution, conflict and resolution, conflict and victory, victory and defeat. And defeat makes you work harder. And, and there's all these like interacting forces that okay. are constantly moving together. I'm with you. And that this, a lot of it is expressed. The success of this little game is expressed in material possessions. The success in this game is expressed in Hamptons mansions and private jets and Bentleys and Pam. I'm winning this fucking crazy game of stuff. <laughs> and there's a lot of value in winning the crazy game of stuff. So we let these people acquire all this stuff and you got all these diamonds and fucking da -da -da -da, <laughs> I got a jet ski. Yeah, oh, but, but this is this is forcing more stuff to be made better uh -huh. and more innovation, which will eventually. This is where it gets spaciest of all. I'm waiting for this part this is going to be what people become people are going to become some sort of symbiotic organism with something that's tied into electronics mm -hmm. and that this it's happening now right it's happening slowly and we're making it with stuff and as we keep making stuff it's eventually going to get to a part the, the thing you'd like to do more than anything is have it ex enhance your experience on earth right right I, I want to be able to take pictures yes yes I want to be able to email people yes yes yeah but I also want to I want it to make my experience on earth better mm-hmm well, then we're going to have to integrate with your circuitry, Tom Papa. And then live forever. Maybe. Maybe that's what the organisms are trying to do. They're trying or to become trying this to get, thing that... Get rid of the monkey that wants to start the wars all the time. Mm-hmm. Right? This enlightenment. Purge that. Right. Purge that out of our goofy-ass system. Beat evil. What if, <laughs> what if only some... That would be a great science fiction movie. What if this is the future? And they probably already made it. But if <laughs> only some people went on board... With the new enlightenment that you get from these like headsets, uh -huh. like remember the dude from Star Trek, the uh, yeah. blind guy, <laughs> yeah, which like from Sesame Street, remember <laughs> he was he used to be on Sesame Street, right? Yeah, the, he was yeah. the uh, Levar Burton, Reading Rainbow, Levar, yeah, Reading Rainbow, Levar, Levar yeah, Burton, Levar Burton, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we all had those things on, <laughs> there was only like ten of them. But if no, if <laughs> like bought into most it. people bought into it, and those things completely cure you mm -hmm. of uh, of any evil, <laughs> yeah, and just moving along. I think that uh, I don't know. I mean, there is maybe there is no purpose to us being here. There but it is. <laughs> That's an air filter, son. <laughs> so you got that shit from Pet Boys. <laughs> That's an air filter. That's a, like a cool air filter on top of a muscle car, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Isn't it? Come on, it's man. It's hilarious. That's yeah. a '69 Chevy. Yeah, you bought air that. At, <laughs> you bought that, that at the auto parts store and put it in your Those Toyota are the, Corolla. The dope old ones, man. When you fucking unscrew the chrome hubcap, you yeah. pull it off, put the thing off, don't the lose the wing nut. Down. I always liked a good wing nut. Yeah, <laughs> man. Always, the no wing tools. Nut. Just <laughs> and people don't remember, man. These people today, you don't remember what gas smells like. Oh man, you could fix your own. car. 
car. You could open it up and with a screwdriver Dude. and a high school education fix your automobile. I was never smart enough or knowledgeable enough to fix my own car, but I could do little things. I, I could, could change it. my oil. Yeah, change your oil. I could do a lot of things with old yeah, cars. Yeah, exactly. I was too stupid I did to the brakes once. I did the brakes. Did the brakes. Yep. That's a bold move. What if yep. you're wrong? I was poor. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I didn't have money. I just but buying brake pads was a lot cheaper than having some guy know wow. how to do it. Did yeah. you put it up on a jack? How'd you uh, handle it? Yeah, put it up on a jack. I, I had a cinder block that held it underneath. And, uh, Damn. You know, it was a nice, it was a light little car, little pads. Mm. Put them in. I probably had to get it fixed after that. But, but yeah, you could fix stuff. There was like a time when you could actually, and you felt good but, about it. But, but, yeah. if you had to choose between one of those fucking rickety shit boxes that's like a rhinoceros on roller skates <laughs> versus your Tesla. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's those no way. Those old things can go fuck themselves. No, and right? I wouldn't put I wouldn't put my kids in one of those. Yeah, that we were driving around in those death traps, dude. Those like are death no traps steering, for sure. no airbags, hydroplane at the drop of a hat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just spinning around. They, they were so engine heavy. Remember <laughs> yeah, those cars? Were, they had just big ass engines in the front. They didn't know and how the to make stuff. Would just slide all over the place. It was so easy to slide your car back then. <laughs> it was totally being with your friends, just like yeah. spinning out like in this the big. Cars of Medical. today, they figured out how to balance them. That's like that's the big deal. No, like it's if a huge you deal. like a Tesla or anything, you buy a fucking Camry, okay? That Camry handles way better than a '69 Camaro. Yeah, fucking no. way better. I would I mean, like to see what the death rates way are better. of, of uh, on the roads now with like new cars. It's got to be. It's probably much better. I mean, people they're they're much safer than oh, they've ever been before. Be. But they're we also driving tra- much faster too. Yeah, People, but you they, don't have to drive very fast for it to be fatal. They true. just didn't know how to make stuff. Everything was true. metal and glass. Just <laughs> filled with gasoline. metal and <laughs> fucking sparks and fumes. Fumes were everywhere, yeah. man. You'd be driving, you'd be getting high from the fumes, <laughs> I right? I remember when I was working uh, for a fireplace company in the summer in New Jersey, and I was in a truck, and we're in this truck in traffic on the New Jersey Turnpike right by Newark Airport, and just the fumes from everything, from oh, the city, from the cars, glorious. it was just orange yeah. in the humidity of New Jersey. I was like, if I get cancer, this is going to be the day that it that it hit me. And it makes people crazy. It's like it's like throwing alcohol <laughs> on fire, it's like breathing that dust yeah. dust all day. So disgusting. Pull pull up a video of the sound of the exhaust of a 1969 Camaro. <laughs> There is something. There's something to, to it. it. There's something. The smell to of it. gas is a good smell. It's not just that, man. It's that sound. Yeah. There's a sound. Ooh, how about this one? Even better. 1960s Chevelle. 1970s Chevelle SS. Yeah. You can fuck yourself, rest of the world. Hear that shit? That's America, motherfucker. There's nothing evil about that sound. Yeah. <laughs> that is America. <laughs> you driving one of those motherfuckers around? It was very cool. I mean, American muscle cars, as preposterous as they are, they represent in a lot of ways what's great about America. The, yeah. The excess ridiculousness. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Not giving a shit. It's just so outrageous. Just let's go. Let's the have a good time. Fucking giant metal explosion <laughs> contained in the front of the hood. That's all it is. A but giant ass explosion <laughs> box. Look at this. Ooh, that's the 69. 
Is it? Nope. Yeah, it's a 69, I think. There it is. Yeah, it's 69. Look at that. That is fucking insanely beautiful. Good lord! But you know what? Oh my god, This dude. guy... This guy... Dude. This is gloriousness. You see heaven on earth right here. Uh, 1969 Chevelle. Look how pretty that car is, man. If this guy's across the street from me and I'm looking out with my coffee out of my window and he comes pulling out with that on a Saturday morning, you know what I'm saying? What? This guy's an asshole. Do you hear Herbie with his new car? Dude, going through a midlife you crisis. Say that, you say that, but I guarantee you if you were next door and you just walked over and looked at it, it would catch you in its spell. <laughs> It would. One drop of the sperm. Street, if it's across the street, it's just racket. Jesus Christ. Why does your car have to be so loud? Yeah. But if you're right next down. to it, you're like, wow, 1969, huh? And you'll start walking around it. It is pretty badass. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. They, it's not. You can't make a car like that today because it's not even remotely aerodynamic. <laughs> it's not aerodynamic. No. It's not fuel efficient. It's not no. safe. But There's they're beautiful, <laughs> man. They nailed it. They hit this sweet spot in art and engineering. <laughs> that is the one part of the American experience: recklessness. Yeah, that's what mm -hmm. drives everything. That there, there is that element of balls to the wall. Let's see what happens. Let's discover, and you could get good things out of it. Right, but imagine this. Imagine something that's far inferior to the modern alternative, mm -hmm. but makes you feel in a way the modern alternative isn't capable of feeling. Like, if you see a 1969, like, done-up Mustang GT, what, what, what was, the, like, the big one that year? GTO. Mach 1. Was it a Mach 1? What the fuck was the 1970? Was it a Boss? That's what it was. The 69 was like a boss, and then earlier than that, they, they made those Eleanor cars for that Gone in 60 Second movie. I think those were 1967, yeah. so early in that, they had that body style. Yeah. Like, if you looked at one of those next to a 2018 mm -hmm. Mustang, the 2018 Mustangs look fucking great. They look great. That's it, right there. <laughs> it's a Mach 1. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's right. It's from that the John Wick movie. Right. Dude. There's a company that's making these now, too. Um, they're called Classic Recreations, mm -hmm. and they're making these like brand new versions of that car. They, right. take, they take 1969 Mustangs, and they rebuild them, but they give them like real brakes so they stop good. <laughs> Modern suspension. <laughs> right. They make it so you can drive it around. Yeah, that's See, that's, that's what I'm interested in. That, that makes sense to me. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Those old a blue, ones, badass. They're just, they're just pretty. Mustang. Badass tires. But Let's like when go. you look at that, how how beautiful is that? It doesn't look like anything that you can buy that's modern. Like no. there's nothing remotely close. No. That's like vinyl. They just right there they just nailed it. Whatever the fuck they did, they nailed it. And all <laughs> no. these years later, we're like, God damn it, they nailed it. <laughs> right? But they nailed it for us, you know, a certain uh lunkhead from New Jersey. That doesn't do that for you. <laughs> yeah, it does. But I, I don't know. Look at that red I don't one know with if, the like, black stripes in the hood. <gasps> <laughs> you don't know if young people would like that? I don't know. They like... need to start arresting them if they don't like that. <laughs> if young boys don't look at that Mustang and say, good God, that's incredible. If they don't do that, then they should probably go to jail somewhere. That is pretty hot. That's incredibly good looking. But that it's stupid. insanely beautiful. But it's also stupid. Well, how so, sir? It's just metal right in your chest cavity. Mm -hmm. No, no airbag. You need to do more push-ups. Just push glass, just in your face. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a little bit of that. 
No, but I know what you mean. Don't get in a car accident and drive carefully, and it's a wonderful thing to behold. Yeah, no, I just is. my buddy I just, had, a, just had a Mustang when we were in high school. But if you saw something like that, but it had airbags, you'd be cool with it then. Yeah, no, I'm cool with it anyway. I'm just busting balls. But I think that it's uh, look at that little orange thing in the middle. That looks closer to what I had. Oh, I had a '76 Toyota Corolla. Call that up. Ooh. Call up a 1976 Toyota Ooh. Corolla with uh, with the uh, racing stripes along nice. the side. Look at that bad boy. Nice. Look at that orange one in the second row. Nice. That was it. I had a 1984 Honda Accord. Pull no, that, that shit up, it. Jamie. 84 Honda Accord with stuttering spark plugs. That's a 79. You need the 76. Those are cool little cars, though. That's I could fix that car. That's what I was doing the brakes on. Yeah, it looks like one of those, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was white. Nice little shitty car. Seven Legend. Ooh. Oh, it's just like this. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you know what, man? Here's the thing That's about those nice cars. That's a nice car. Those fucking cars drive forever. Yeah, exactly. They are. It's amazing how reliable Hondas are. Oh, like, yeah. They're so insanely reliable. Toyotas. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just go forever. Just yeah. having that crummy car Yeah, is a good thing. But... So you think back to your uh, your point of view of the what are these people doing here? Mm-hmm. So they're building. I liked where you were going. We're making building, stuff. Making stuff for what? What's, well, because everything's electronically based. It's and is all, this all, all the, instinct, is, or is it being steered by something? I, th- I think, are we just finding our way in the dark, and this is what's coming out, or is there some plan? Well, that's it, the heavy question. It's really hard to know if there was a plan. Yeah, I get I get why someone would be suspicious that there would be, but if you just see the whole nature, right, the starting off of the tribal behavior and the invasions of the others and the wars that have taken place, sort of nonstop, right? Yeah, you get this hyper competitive team oriented thing. It's uh-huh. broken into countries. Well, I think that with that and this like constant competition and this constant and, and then inside your country, this constant competition economically and everybody just striving to achieve and do better and get crazier and bigger. And th- this is all leading to us just continuing to buy stuff mm-hmm. like everybody that is involved in this is buying the newest iPhones, the newest MacBook, the newest this, the newest that right. an Xbox fucking t- how many Xboxes have they been now? <laughs> Let's just say four. Four, yeah, yeah. They're gonna keep going. going. They're gonna keep going. going. They're gonna go Xbox Five. They're gonna they're they're gonna keep going. That's what everybody does. They want better shit. You want VR. We want VR. We want hyper realistic VR. I want VR with no gear. I want you to be able to give me a pill, and that pill releases a bunch of nanobots that go through my circulatory (laughs) system and find my my brain and juice it up with some artificial memory. That's what I want, and I shit them out (laughs) later like buckshot. That sounds right. Clink, clink. Yeah, like a kidney stone. Yeah, you shit. It out like buckshot, <laughs> like little BBs coming out in your poop. This is, I mean, I, look, I, beings always try to find safety, right? That's what they want more than anything. They don't want to get killed. They want to, they want to mm-hmm. be safe and exist, eat whatever. But they just want to be. They want that safety. So maybe our safety is going to come when we're out of the woods, we're out of the wild, we're out of the 20th century, and we're just these insular things that never have to go out and about and live forever and just be. Mm, could be. Maybe that's what all this push of technology is, is aiming towards. Yeah, it could be. Right? It it's could just be. to protect ourselves in these little cocoons and, and be. Yeah, I mean, if the ultimate threat's always violence and war, 
Right? Those, that's the ultimate threat to the organism. That mm-hmm. The organism would convent, commit violence and war against each other. Yeah, which is why we make doors and gates and yep. stuff to keep those things at bay. Yep. Yeah. But it's what, the most fascinating things that people don't address, like what would, what would cause a person to snap? There's no real concrete, no concrete answer. What do you think is the difference between... And I'm asking this honestly. Killing when you're hunting and killing a human being. I think it would be a giant difference in terms of the way you felt. Yeah. How could you articulate it, though? I don't know. I've never killed a human being. But but I would would imagine that it would be, um, I mean, it would have to be some horrific situation where you're you're battling for your life, Mm -hmm. you know, which people do. It it, it does happen. Right. You know, we're all aware of it. It's the worst possible scenario we would all like to think that everybody that we meet that's of sound mind should be our brothers and sisters i mean we should all get along right whether you agree or disagree about certain political issues or certain social issues like we should be able to talk through that as as a community but like always hold at the top that we're all in this together and if i think that's possible i think that's possible and i think we could still satisfy this fucked up desire that we have to constantly compete, we can temper that with what I think is the most important thing is finding something that you're passionate at. Because I think you and I are really, really lucky that we found stand up Mm -hmm. and through stand up, we found this thing that we're passionate at and we have a good time and we have fun. Mm -hmm. Some people don't have that. So like if I, if you were offered a job as a stockbroker, and uh, this is a guaranteed job. You have a guaranteed contract for the next 20 years. You're going to make five times as much as you make doing stand-up. But you can't do stand-up anymore. You would never take that. No. You'd be like, why would I do that? <laughs> right. So y- even though you're a guy who does well, you're not a business person. You're a right. guy following your passion. Right. And it's allowed you to live a nice life. But that doesn't – it's not the same as a lot of people. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people are doing is just chasing the money. So the the passion doesn't exist. And they can manufacture that passion when it comes to, like, some desire to see their their team kick ass because their company's yeah. number one. It doesn't have and, to be the work. They, yeah, they, it could be could be really that they are into succeeding in the business world. And that's their passion. Yeah, and they like, There's a lot of people that like that. Right. But it's not the same as a guy like David Cho, who's like a professional artist who's making he's he just follows his passion right? right he does what he wants there's a different kind of achievement there's a feeling that he has the way he interfaces with what he does for a living that's different than what a lot of people do so mm-hmm. i would imagine that artists would probably be less inclined to go crazy and spend all their money on stuff and buy things that make them look better or make them feel better about the fact that they work so hard. Because they're not trying to fill a hole that... Right. Right. But if you're just... You have a job for a company that you don't really give a fuck about. You don't really give a fuck about styrofoam coolers. Mm -hmm. You know, you really don't give a fuck about fucking those rubber bands that people buy when they have causes. (laughs) You don't give a fuck about this company, right? You're just a fucking guy who does your business and you're there to, okay, well, you know, we can give them to you for $17.96 if we can work this through. Bob, we're talking about thousand boxes he doesn't want to be there that guy wants to be fishing right that guy wants to be doing something else yeah you you don't you you're insanely fortunate that you don't have that in your life no but i think i don't think those people look a lot of people have jobs that they're not into but they the the reason we're lucky is that our job is our passion Mm -hmm. a lot of people have the job that they're maybe not into but they love this other stuff that they do they love being with their family and 
keep teaching soccer or they love skiing or whatever. Like their passion is something else. Yes. It, like we're lucky that our passion is our work. Like to Super combine lucky. those things, that is a, a very, very unique thing. It's the most insanely lucky thing ever. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, but I think that for people that are like hyper competitive that don't find a thing that they really love, mm-hmm. then it really, for many of them, becomes about pursuing the best stuff. Yeah. And you, this is what fuels so many people for like these status symbols. Like, mm-hmm. if, like if you have an iPhone eight, with, if a kid sees you with an iPhone eight and they got an iPhone ten, <laughs> yeah. they feel superior to you. Right? It's just... fucking weird. <laughs> they can basically do the exact same thing. Yeah. iPhone eight has a fucking killer camera. <laughs> uh, iPhone eight, you know, like the battery's pretty similar. Yeah. The, oh, the, the bezels are, are bigger. S- are tiny. Yeah, tiny. But, but for status-seeking people, right. it's very important that you have the latest stuff. Like you can't be walking around with, like David Tell the other day with an iPhone two. <laughs> Jamie burst out laughing. Jamie yeah. immediately bur- he got on a Twitter. Tell is hilarious. You know, there's <laughs> there's nothing about a Tell that is searching for status. <laughs> None. No, he's like I was saying that he's like a monk in yeah, that way. He is. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. But, He's smart. You know, he's, oh, a, he's, he's very a, smart. a brilliant guy. He knows oh, yeah. he knows what's healthy for him and what's not, except other than the cigarettes. Yeah, he can't. <laughs> but in put terms those, of like mental he, health, but all his other stuff, like he stopped <laughs> drinking and did. All yeah, things. no, he cleaned himself up really yeah. well. And the cigarettes are the only vice he has. Cigarettes and coffee. He was saying that's his vice. He's a he's a poet amongst us. Like yeah, he, he's he's, he's somebody that yeah that he's special. He really is, and he's a really good guy. Yeah, no, he's, he's so really kind. He's yeah. so kind. Just yeah. being around and in his orbit. I love him for years and Jeff coming through New too. York. I it, love I love the two of them together. Yeah, no, it's really Jeff Ross and him. It's so yeah. funny. I never would have seen that coming when I was Perfect. when we were all young in New York. I know, right? I never would have saw I that know. those two. Yeah, right. Doing it. I don't know what. Not for any real reason, well, but I just honestly, never saw them intersecting. I never would have saw any of us doing something like that. When yeah, you're doing live shows together, yeah. fucking around with each other. It's a great idea. <laughs> it is a great idea because, like, some of those shows you see those pictures from the Comedy Cellar. At yeah, like you know, one o'clock in the morning, like Dave Chappelle's on stage with Chris Rock, and they're yeah. fucking around. I know. There's always like, like three guys on stage. Cr- that's crazy. I man. know. I those... never, I never understand that either. But being around to tell, like watching him all through the years, like he would always surprise you, like when someone's father died or something happened. Attell was always front and center like helping out giving yeah. people money like there's He's a kindness a le- to him legitimate kind guy yeah and another force of good yeah a real force of good and a guy who uh like comics should really appreciate like if you're a fan of the art form like david tells really someone to appreciate because yeah. he's always creative it's it's like it's never douchey. Yeah. It's always funny. <laughs> yeah. Skanks for the memories. That's one of my all-time favorite CDs. That <laughs> yeah. shit is hilarious. That He's is so funny. That is a hilarious CD, man. And I think he did that in Denver. Oh yeah. I think he did that at the Comedy Works. Oh yeah. At Wendy's place. Oh, very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. <laughs> Skanks for the memories. Is it? That's fr- Yeah. That fucking in Denver. That CD's brilliant. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. He's so good. Yeah, I mean, to answer what you're saying, yeah, your face here in its photo. (laughs) It's so silly. I think that was when he was doing Insomnia, too, right? Yeah, that was the partying days. Yeah. He's he's such a smart guy. Like, uh, he just decided at one point, hey, this is fucking me up. No more drinking. That's it. No more drinking, no more show. I'm not going to do this Mm -hmm. thing that's attracting 
negativity to my shows yeah. and setting me up as a guy that's going to drink himself into oblivion. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. he was smart. He pulled the uh, he pulled the cord. Yeah, those those you you're the party guy. You're the life of the party uh, guy. You need to talk hard to thing. Bert. To sit Bert down. Yeah. Ask him what the fuck he's <laughs> what's his end game. <laughs> yeah. Or talk to Ron White. He's he's doing it with us. Listen, Ron White. Ron is, White's not I'll, faking I'll it. I'll tell you exactly what Ron White's doing. He's riding that fucking boat right into the rocks. <laughs> is he? He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> right, exactly. And he's doing it with a tequila company. <laughs> Cheers. He's got his own tequila Cheers. company. Happy holidays. Cheers, my friend. I set up my train under my tree. Numa, what is it? Numero Juan? Is that his um, tequila company? I just said I set my train up under my tree, and you still did focus you, um, on tequila. Did you have photos or videos of this uh, train on uh, under your tree? Um, I think I did. Put anything on the Instagram? Probably. It wouldn't be real if it wasn't. Mm. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> I love good it, though. stuff in your life. My kids are getting older. They're mm-hmm. like 16 and 13. And they were at school, and I'm setting up the village under the tree and the train tracks and all the people like shopping around the village. And mm-hmm. I was like doing it on my own because they don't have time to really do it. <laughs> and I was like, this is how people become the guy in the neighborhood who's like, bring your children around to look at my train set because wow. your family leaves and you're like, are there any children around that want to yeah. look at my train set? <laughs> I could totally see myself doing that at some point. Totally. Yeah. Well, there's those dudes that they go all close encounters of the third kind. <laughs> yeah, they but... make that giant one in the middle of the living room. <laughs> you remember That's Homeboy? That's a funny reference. Yeah, because he had the, <laughs> he had the plywood on the horse, like <laughs> the extra. Yeah, he went crazy <laughs> and so built funny. that mountain in the middle of his uh, house. Yeah. yeah his wife dirt. divorced him. Yeah. You, that guy, yeah, you make a train around that. Yeah. It's not that far from that. <laughs> <laughs> it's really Why funny. can't I remember his name? Richard Dreyfus. Richard, of course. Jesus Christ. Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. What a great movie. Well, that guy, he's been great in so many things. He oh was like God. always the unassuming guy. Jaws? Yeah, man. Well, I mean, him he and was Spielberg. The he, he, was, yeah. he was Spielberg's alter ego, really. Yeah. But he's so good. Dude. Yeah. He's so good in everything. He looks so young there. Oh, he was, man. Man, oh, man. What a fucking movie this was, because I wanted to believe so bad after oh, this movie. Oh, yeah. I so wanted to believe. They got me. They hey, did you talk about that? Spielberg. Did you talk about that alien craft that came into our... What happened? We into about? our galaxy? It did? The one with the Hawaiian name? Oh, so it's over. You didn't hear about that one? The one that looks like a joint? Yeah, looks like, or a big piece of poo. <laughs> yeah. That's just a rock, The big right? duty copter? It's just a weird rock. I think... No, they said that uh, some like legit people said that it changed speed and went in different directions. Oh, and legit people. Legit people. Oh, scientists. Oh, them guys said that it was. Uh, it could be something. Mm, could be. What does Neil deGrasse say about it? He's not talking right now. <laughs> yeah, he's in a little <laughs> bit of a kerfuffle. Kerfuffle. What's this, Jamie? Harvard scientists say aliens may explain bizarre interstellar object. Yeah, I saw that, and then I saw someone refuting that Harvard scientists. (laughs) Harvard. Nobody wants to believe more than me, bro. (laughs) Come on, Joe. It's real. Well, if I was going to mask my spaceship to fly through the galaxy, I would definitely make it look like a big rock. Yeah, like a big asteroid. Right. Why wouldn't you? Driving through space. Maybe they were like, look, if we just make this thing drive by them and don't change speeds they'll have no idea just think we're an right. asteroid and they'll be psyched that we missed them like yeah yeah, yeah. good call good call and the guy's then like someone left goes, turn someone just hits the gas i'm tired i don't want to it's fucking taking too long 
What'd you do, Dave? <laughs> what? Dude, you got it. The fucking cops are behind <laughs> us, Dave. Shit. God damn it, Dave. You're not supposed to just take off. I told you. 65, you fuck. Let's start throwing this weed out the window. Why would it be so hard to believe? A space rock traveling yeah. through space. That would be the move, right? I mean, if they're so advanced that they can travel through galaxies, they can make the shit look like anything they want it to. Yeah. Why wouldn't you doll it up? Radiation pressure. The only thing that I would think, force. though, would be... Well, there's no air in space, right? So it wouldn't be aerodynamics. What would it be? Momentum? No, go down a little bit. I think it answers your question. If radiation pressure is the accelerating force, then Omomama represents a new <laughs> class of thin interstellar material. Whoa. It has a different thing that it's using for energy. What? As to what may have produced this previously unseen material, oh. it oh. could have emerged naturally from the debris of the planet forming disk in a distant solar system going through yet an unknown process. <gasps> They've got a whole nother way to make... We went from Toyota Corollas to this thing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Imagine if that's what we find. The only thing that I would think that's of... That's what it does. The, um, the like a rock, right? Rock ha is not smooth, but it doesn't necessarily need... This is where I'm stupid. This is one of, <laughs> one of many where, places where I'm stupid. But it doesn't necessarily need to be aerodynamic, right? Because it's not going through air. It's going no. through the vacuum of space. Right. Exactly. So I'm not wrong there. It could, it could actually look like a rock. It could like be, the only issue would be getting it into space, right? The aerodynamics, assuming that you're shooting it from a planet with an atmosphere. Again, right. gravity. should not be talking about this. Way too stupid. <laughs> no, let's but go. Let's keep, That's let's what keep life's going. about. If you shot, if you Think like, about if you're sh launching it from Earth into space, right? Yeah. What if you had it encased in like this outer area, sort of like, the space shuttle is, yeah. But then once you get to a place, you could jettison the outside of it, just like they they get rid of those booster rockets. Yeah, they fall right? off. They just fall into the they fucking land on people while they're fishing. <laughs> yeah. And, and imagine, what the hell was that? That has to have happened, right? Imagine yeah. getting killed by a booster rocket flying out of space and hit you in the face. Like, Didn't fuck. disintegrate. But then they could do that. They could release the shell, and then they would just have the rock. And the mm -hmm. rock would move through space, and it didn't matter what shape it was because it's in the vacuum of space. Or just get it up into orbit, or orbit like uh, the space station, go and build it in pieces, yeah. and then launch it. Do you remember when that commander, Chris Hadfield, gentleman, was on the podcast, and he was talking about uh, some kind of magnet that they have that uh, collects subatomic particles out there in the galaxy, and that we only know 5% of what the universe is made out of. Oh my God. And they're talking about things like dark matter. And he was- 5%? And this is a guy's scientist, space, uh, uh, real legit <laughs> astronaut, coming back from six months in space, or whatever the fuck he was there for, and telling us this. We're oh, like, wow. what? <laughs> yeah. Like, We've oh talked about that. Like, you can hang with those guys for a little while, and then you're like, I don't understand what's happening now. <laughs> well, it's also the- I mean, it's amazing what we do know. Amazing yeah. that they can send a guy to space and it's, have him fly around the ISS or, yeah, I mean. Any well, talk about what you were saying about uh, why are we here and what are we doing. Yeah. Like, we haven't developed yet something that, that can go the, uh, the speed of light. We haven't, like, mm -hmm. but if we do, then the whole universe is open to us. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe the struggle of developing all this stuff is to get to a scientific level where we can really go. I don't think they think the speed of light is even good enough. Really? Yeah. I God think. damn it. That was my goal. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, like, it's if a, you wanted to have options available as to what planet you're going to colonize, you're going to have to 
who knows? Like, what if you land on a planet? <laughs> what if you land on a planet and it's like, hey, it's 74 degrees out. Guys, guys, <laughs> it's all oxygen and nitrogen. It's just like Earth. Come on out here. Come on out here. But it's only been like that for 10 years. And then its <laughs> cycle is really fucked up. Like yeah. 30 years from now, it's going to be a nice age. It'll and then horrible. all the people have moved there and they're going to freeze to death and there's going to be no food at all. And the planet doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> like that, that is All our science yeah. led us to that. I don't even know if we can predict. Like, Here's my, my question. Can they accurately predict the atmosphere and the conditions and like what the temperature would be if a planet is from a sun? Like, Do they have a calculation where they say, <laughs> oh, this sun is this amount of big and this planet is this far away, <laughs> so it's definitely going to stay within a certain temperature range for the entire time that the planet... Do they know that like within like a death range? Uh, I don't know. Because a death I would range think so. is only like yeah, 40 they degrees. They must. Death range is 40 degrees, bro. Yeah. You get to 140, that's a wrap. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. So like 100, you make it. 140, everyone's dead. Right? You're living in a sauna. You're going to run out of water. I just don't think we're going to make it. We're not. Oh, and, we're not and we're definitely not figuring it out because we're saying this amount of big. Yeah, exactly. We're not even helping. We're confusing the problem. You know, but seriously, think about that up. just as a concept. Like, maybe that is it. Maybe it's maybe. All, maybe all this. Like, you keep thinking and, you know, you talk a lot about all the robots and the things that are moving us forward, but why, but why, but why? And I had the cocoon theory before, but maybe that's not it. Maybe it's so we can really go. Yeah, I've had the cocoon theory for quite a while where I think that we are like some sort of an electronic caterpillar that's building <laughs> some cocoon, uh -huh. and then a butterfly is going to emerge. Because when... Right? When a, As a collective? Like, we'll all be part of this thing? I don't know. I mean, just the innovation and the computers and the AI and our integration with them, that eventually it's just going to get smarter and crazier and weirder. Yeah. I mean, it's only a matter of time before they make something that resembles a person. It sounds too uh, insular. No, it sounds too insular that it would just be for us to stay here on Earth. Well, the universe I, is so vast, right? That there may, I think it's more likely that we're going to go out of this. That's a very good idea. This I mean, is the sewer. Makes sense. It's kind of the sewer. Oh, but is it though? It's amazing. Well, it's beautiful. There's parts. That Come are on, really man. Nice. We have a lovely life. Have you ever been to Utah? Just give you get to look at the stars or look at the the <sighs> beautiful the beautiful Just clouds the in the sky on a day like today. Oh my today god, today is lovely. You go outside, there's clouds floating around. It just gives you just the right amount of sun, a little bit of contrast. It is the best. It's lovely. Like, why would, how could you say this is a sewer? Because it, there's so many parts that are disgusting. America. <laughs> there's so, so many, many parts are be, not because it's, the No, best. because not, not, not so many parts. Because we still have this evil, this other stuff that's clawing mm. at each other and knocking each other. And it's still filled with right, but danger right and murder. Here. Not right here. Right? Mm -hmm. Not right here. It's only it's in certain spots. So this is the other yes. thing that we tend to do because we have seven billion people on the planet, it's, and cameras on all of them. Well, yeah, and everybody's got a camera, and we're exchanging these stories. Like you're, yeah. you're catching stories from an an unimaginable number of humans. Yeah. Right, and so even if we're looking at just our country, mm -hmm. there's so many people. Just LA, so many people. It's 20 million people. It's insane. What's really amazing? It's really amazing. Um, is not just how far human beings have come over the last, you know, 100, 200, 300 years. But what's really amazing is if you just look at the actual numbers of times that people interact with each other, mm -hmm. how few of them are violent. Yeah. Especially in a place like America in 2018. 
I think about that on the freeway all There's the time. There's so many people, man. These are just, you're right. And they're all pretty much acting in an orderly fashion to preserve themselves and mm -hmm. others. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's then true. You have, every now and then you have someone that's just crazy, just violates all the rules, just weaving in and out of traffic, <laughs> right. and driving 150 miles an hour in a residential community. <laughs> like, whoa. Maybe it's just a mutation. Maybe that's just a mutation. You know, well, I think it is. I think it is in, in the same way those things exist in like a biological system, right? You can get these little diseases, little bugs, these little things that are off, mm -hmm. you know, and then you have an immune system yeah, like, that battles the bugs. Yeah. Like when you see stuff about uh, chimpanzees or and mm -hmm. there's like everyone's getting along trying to do their thing, there's struggles. But then there's a real mutation. Like there's someone that there's one that kills the rest of them and mm -hmm. won't be part of the thing. You know, that's what we have. We have these kind of like renegade mutations run think, by evil, which yeah. is why we should all go back to church. What's, what's interesting <laughs> is that it's in large groups, right, and all of us together, like the way we interact with each other is generally nonviolent. Mm -hmm. However, these large groups will decide by whatever, you know, whoever's in charge to attack other large groups. And this is where the big death comes from, right? This is where the the real toll comes from. In war, war yeah. right? So, but if you looked at the actual communities of people from one side or the other, like the groups to themselves together, how mm -hmm. much are they really in conflict with those other people? Probably well, not nearly as much no. as the people that are in charge would want them to be. Which, right. Yeah. Which is a very small, that it's almost like the mutation is in charge. Right. Because, right, you take... Two groups that are at war, mm -hmm. and you put them together, they're just hanging out, drinking beer together. We're all the same age. They probably have a yeah. great time together. Their leaders it, talk them into The leaders are crazy. the mutation. That's when things get scary. Yeah. Whether it's the Hitler leader or, you know, wh whatever. Yeah, the North leader. Korea dude whoever or the Russia dude. Whoever is the one that's dude. invading places. They're talking people into invading places. Yeah. Ooh. That's some, that's some slippery justification. Yeah. You know, that's where the world gets very strange. And, and I think it's interesting that those people in those groups, you know, all come from all over the world or all over the country, at least all these different places and they're brought together. Right. But to, look how we've progressed. There's fewer mm -hmm. of those kind of conflicts now than ever before. Right. But you and I, and I think a lot of other people would like it to be zero amount, right? Yeah. But that, I, don't, I don't know if that's ever going to happen, man. And but, I, that's a weird thing to say because you would, you would like everybody to be in a good place in yeah. this world, but yeah. you'll I almost wonder if like many things, there's like this push of good, good things happening and bad things, positive mm -hmm. and negative, and that this battle between the two of them is what creates all this momentum and all this movement. That's the good and evil. Yeah. We're back to the good and evil, so maybe we should go back to church. Look, <laughs> yeah. the, the priest did some weird stuff, <laughs> but maybe we it's good people in there more than evil people. Well, the problem is, with that church in particular, they're still shielding the people that have done terrible things. Yeah. Yeah. There's just no denying that. There's, if you f look at the facts, if you look at everything that's come out, there's no denying that. No. It's super unfortunate. Because I think the vast majority of the people that are involved in the religion that aren't the people that are pedophiles. Right. I think they're very good people that probably think about it the same way maybe your daughter would like to think about it. That yeah. it's some place where people can get together and they exchange affection and camaraderie and, uh, and uh, this acceptance of something higher than them that holds them to a certain standard and wants them to be good people. And that, yeah. that's good for everybody. Good for everybody. Yeah. But if it wasn't for all that kid fucking. God. All that kid fucking just ruined all that. It just, yeah. Yeah. 
It really, it really, did. it's yeah. such a sad, sad thing. Google this because I've said this many times and I've never bothered looking it up. <laughs> that uh, there, the reason why we can get another bottle of that if you want to get fucked up. I'll look at it's you. the holidays. Okay, it's the holidays. Um, shit. A lot of sediment in that. What were we just talking about? Good and evil, and the the priests and the why they're ruining it all. And you said, go get that video. Look with the, something up if you haven't looked before. A reason why. Oh, this is it. Thank you. Thought that was gone forever. I voted. The reason why um, they forced priests to be celibate, because what I had heard, oh, um, was it? And this is not no scholarly work of my own. I don't remember even reading the article. I think somebody told it to me that uh, priests were banging too many chicks. Might have been Andy Bravo. He might have said it in that way. Priests were banging too many chicks, man. They made them go no. celibate, which I think. I don't think that was it. What do you think it is? I think it was property. I think that when priests priests own property, mm -hmm. and if they were married and he died, she would keep the property. Mm. If there was no woman involved and he owned the property and he couldn't be with a woman and he swore that he was just with Jesus, when he died, the property went to the church. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, which is not much of, I mean. That's crazy. It's. Wow. That whole other part of Catholicism is the other thing that bumps me all the time. When you go to the Vatican, it's like, <laughs> wow, this is beautiful, but what? Where'd they get all this art? Where'd they get all these bills? I mean, the, yeah, the pillaging of fucking of billions of dollars worth of shit. Ugh. All stolen from a time where people were starving in the streets. I know. <laughs> This is how powerful religion is. This is how powerful this pull is to search for good and to be a part oh, of something. Is so that in, in light of those things yeah. that you, you see the wealth. It's like mm -hmm. going into like a pirate ship and seeing all the shit that they got and then knowing what they do with, with these children. Both those things are – you should just say, no, fuck this. I'm not going to be a part of this at all. Yeah. But the, the, the other part of it is so strong that you actually – will kind of say, well, yeah, 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 but I'm still going to go to Mass on Sunday. I think you know what, what happens I mean? is you think that even if a priest is bad, that the religion is still good. You know, you right. think that the, the, the idea is that it's just like a bad guy who lost his way. That's yeah. in the, they sort of These are human to, beings that are flawed. Yeah, and God. a lot of them are drunk too, man. The, the <laughs> yeah, guy really who, drunk. Uh, the guy who... <laughs> Read my uh, grandma's, <laughs> oh, uh, no. my grandma's eulogy. Oh he no! Her name was Josephine, but he kept calling her Geraldine. Oh and no! Had, they had to correct him. It's Josephine. Like he was, he was saying all these great things about her. He didn't know who the he fuck she was her. at all. I know. And he had those gym blossoms. Oh, Jamie brought another bottle of wine. Oh my god! Savage, savage, Jamie. Jamie. Um, but uh, the, I think you know, you take a guy and you put him in that position where he can't have a companion. Like you're not allowed to have a love. Yeah, you can't have a wife or a husband or whatever. You you can't have that. You're it's not a allowed. horrible thing to do. It's You're horrible. fighting nature. There was a kid that I went to high school with um, that uh, became a priest. Yeah, and we all knew he was gay. Oh yeah, we all knew like it was it was like a thing. You knew like oh this is why he's going to be a priest. We get it. Right. Well, that's what a lot of people say. It's like that the church. The other side of it is that the church doesn't create pedophiles. That like the institution attracts them because they know they'll be safe there well it's it's possible but it's also possible that so many of them that are active in the church and i don't know what this guy's story was i barely knew him yeah but that he could have been molested i mean it's not mm -hmm. it's not a small number of kids that were molested it's a very large it's number. large yeah and 
you would never, I mean, who the fuck understands what that would be like to be a young boy, to have that happen to you, and then get groomed and indoctrinated into being a part of this thing that does that to other young boys in the future. It's your whole which, reality. Which has to be what some of them are, and they're all doing this under the blanket of this thing called the church. Then when the church finds out about it, the church moves people to all these different various places, and they... F- they get these new victims. Yeah. And this so happens bad. over and over and over again. You know, this was one of the things that they were saying about Benedict, about um, the one who... Right, before the Pope the, before. Before Cool Francis, Pope. yeah. 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 That he had actively done that. He had no, actively he was, moved all these people. Yeah. He was a part of that. Ah, it's so bad. It's so bad. <sighs> and it's such a shame. It What's really it, is Jamie? a shame. Did not know this. Married Catholic priests. There are mm-hmm. perhaps 120 in the U.S. already. Here's how. Whoa, is this a new thing? Yeah. <clears throat> The other article I found said there's about 200. Wow. As of 1980, there was a rule change or an no. adoption of a rule change that allowed. It, why does it say, does it say Eastern only? Is that what it's saying? That was something in the story, uh, the video that was going. Yeah, but it just kind of paused it there. Why say Eastern Catholic? Like East Coast East only? Coast? Like no. West Coast, not bu- Mexicans are not buying it. <laughs> West side? <laughs> like we got our own Catholic homes. <laughs> Brooklyn. We're not buying your bullshit. Brooklyn married in the yeah. house. Huh. 120 Catholic priests married in the United States. Wow. That would Largely be a great because start. Of a policy change by Pope John Paul II in 1980, which offered a path for married Episcopal priests to continue their ministry after converting to Catholicism. Oh, so you have to be a priest already if you're right. Episcopalian, yeah, and then you're allowed switch. to have a yeah. wife and kids if you're Episcopalian, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Let them convert to Catholicism. So, I mean, look, look at that right there. Like, Catholicism's the only one that doesn't allow them to have sex, right? Yeah. And it's the only one with this littered with kid fucking. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. Come Enough. on. Exactly. Just cut the shit. We were at, we were actually at mass and yeah. he was talking about there was one thing from the gospel that was talking about being married, being with a woman. And then he finishes Cheers, the Cheers. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. He finishes the uh he finishes the uh sermon and then he uh, the reading then he goes into a sermon all about being with a woman and this is a man that doesn't come close to that this is a man that has no experience right. it would be so much better for the church if he was a married man with children and then he could really talk about being in a family like who are you <laughs> you know yeah. nothing about what we're dealing with on a daily basis yeah I, I never went to the catholic church when i was an adult but i would it would be curious to be there to be like a husband and wife sitting there in this fucking church listening to this yeah. dude who is supposed to be celibate drone on about how you should live your life and what kind of relationship you should have like, right bitch you're dressed like a fucking genie who who you give advice to you got a giant scarf on yeah you're, you're dressed like a wizard son this is preposterous what are you doing what's that thing around your shoulders for why are you dressed like that why are you all in silk do you have underwear on it's really weird that we let people dress like that because yeah. like if you didn't if he just stood up there and had to be held accountable like the, if the volume of his words were all he had like if you mm-hmm. just made all priests and i mean all priests across all religions if they all had to stand on a flat regular stage with nothing behind them yeah and they had a dress like a like a regular person like you're dressing right and, now and no pointy hat 
No pointy <laughs> hat. No no fucking giant insane artwork behind you. <laughs> right. nope, too confusing. Yeah, not you up, fuck on, people a, on, up. A, on a pedestal. All that stuff fucks people up. You yeah. go there and you see the the like you've been to Rome, right? Yeah. St. Peter's Basilica. Oh, you yeah. see that? Yeah. You when you go in there, I mean, you almost can't believe that your eyes are working correctly. Right, exactly. You're almost like, this can't be something that someone actually made. Yeah, this is insane. With no machines. Right, just their hands and thousands of people. Like, that, that, that if you're in that thing, you're going to be so humbled. And so they're going to get away with a lot more shit. Yeah. If you were in some weird conference room, and, <laughs> and you walked in. <laughs> at the Holiday a, Inn. Yeah, conference room at the in Holiday Inn. With little, little bullshit-ass <laughs> cups of coffee. You know how you get a coffee machine and they have little tiny bullshit-ass cups yeah. next to it? Like little white styrofoam cups. With the handle on it, the paper handle that folds out. <laughs> and you're dressed in Joseph A. Bank. The ones with the handle are not that bad because they have to be a certain size to have a handle. It's the ones that are they're little white ones, little white styrofoam ones. Those are bullshit. Yeah, but they would put in the plastic. <laughs> <laughs> the little yeah. triangle ones. Nobody's gonna buy your fucking connection to that God you're the deal. if you're in that place. Right. You have to. You have to sell it. You're not. They're not just gonna buy it. Unless... But if you're allowed to dress like a wizard and you stand in front of a golden <laughs> podium with a giant, huge sculpture of Jesus nailed to a yeah. cross behind you, and there's <laughs> organ music playing, you know, I mean, huge. That's a. That's a. That's. That's your act. That's yeah. a good act. That's an act that's going to... Sh- Look at that. You yeah. know what, man? They should make that shit illegal the same way they made advertising booze illegal. Mm. <laughs> but you know what? Look at how pretty that is, though. It's gorgeous. It's so pretty. Wouldn't it be it's, better if that it was looks like a Christmas mass or something? A bunch of belly dancers up there and... <laughs> and dudes playing bongo drums and people passing around joints <laughs> all in that place. Just a big old cannabis-infused loving. Wouldn't that be better than this bullshit? Well, These are all just grown was, adults. If we can get all those grown adults just passing out weed, singing songs together. Well, what was it in, in New York? Was it the limelight? It was a church Everybody that t- turned into a club? Together, try to love one another right now. All thousands of people in the church singing, yeah. singing together with that? Come on, man. That's but you all know possible, what? too. But you know what? Those people that are in those pews, that look like a thousand people, right? That's a big crowd. Mm. Those people that are sitting there, they are kind of high. They're checking their watch right now and go, when does this bullshit <laughs> the gi- end? The Giants are going to start in an hour and a half. Fucking enough of this guy droning on. Oh He's drunk, Gladys. He's fucking drunk. There they go, asking us for money again. With those gin blossoms all over the face. He looks like W.C. Fields. This fucking guy's just getting drunk. Shh, shh. I put shit in the basket. Now they're coming out twice with the basket? Screw this guy. God is going to hear you. Stop it. God is going to hear you. Timmy's going to go in for his doctor's appointment tonight. What if God's going to hear you? But is the value of them having a place to go on that Sunday, even though they hate it, important? The limelight is a gym now? Yeah, the limelight was a... uh, Yeah, I I saw Fishbone at the limelight. Hold on. So the limelight, the the dance club place, is now a fitness gym? Yeah, it was a church. I can't tell which one. It was a market, too. It was a church... Oh, then like, it was a rock club. So it doesn't last. Then they started selling shit in yeah, there. Yeah, they should sell that shit. Imagine that's your house, Tom Papa. It's, that would inspire yeah, you to get your party now. rolling. Live in a church. It's a, it's a gym now? Yeah. Dude, I'd work out in that church all day. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Uh, yeah. That would be my spot. Even if I had a gym at my house, I would definitely go to that gym. Just, for, just to feel the juice. <laughs> Like I tell people, I say I tell people all the time. You should always go, you, like I like working out like at my studio, but I like going to places too. Because when you no, go you to a, yeah, because when you go to a place, like there's a certain amount of juice. Yeah, you know you're in a new spot. Bunch it's true. of people around you that you don't know. Yeah, you're it's up. Weird. You're out. 
And it's also, as a comic, I think social interaction is one of the least respected um, ingredients to our weird sort of uh, stew of yeah. things that come together to make a bit. You got to fill the well with that, with those experiences. Yeah, you got to talk to people. Yeah. yeah, it's like reading or just being out in the world. Mm-hmm. It's important. Yeah, it's a, it, it just all like all those things. Like yeah. reading is one thing you need to do, but I, I think like interacting with people is just g- goddamn gigantic. So important. I do this. Uh, I I'm the um, I do a monologue each week on out in America on live from here, which is the new Prairie Home Companion, and uh, are you allowed to say that? Yeah. Yeah, it's the new it's the new Prairie Home. Uh, did anybody else call you that, or did you decide to call yourself that? What the new Prairie Home Companion? It is the new, it was Prairie Home. So you're actually doing this we, thing. When I first got hired, it was Prairie Home. Oh, and then they changed it when Garrison Keeler got in trouble. You got in a kerfuffle. And now it's called Live from Here. He had oh, a kerfuffle. Okay. I was confused. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And uh, and uh, I do a monologue each week called Out in America. How and, long have you been doing this? Uh, about a year. You don't tell me. Uh, it's. NPR. I, just, I figured you would know. I figured. All things considered, don't you it's just, very gross. I follow all the shit you do. Uh, I didn't know. How do you follow all the shit I do? <laughs> I'm only kidding. That's weird. <laughs> but my point is, I do this monologue called "Out in America," and it's me. Look at you. It's me. Sexy. It's me. Glasses. Shining a light on all the good people in America, right? And I do it every week on NPR. You wear that suit like you own it. Look at you. But the reason I bring it up is not to plug it, but to say. It made me, when I'm out on the road, talk to people. Mm. I would get in the car and throw my my headphones on. I wouldn't talk to people on flights. I didn't talk to the person driving. Stay in my room, do my shit as a comic. Right. Just go and you kind of you're isolated. And because I have to write this monologue each week, I need inspiration. I really right. want to shine a light on the good people out in the country. I started talking to everyone. I don't take my headphones out. I talk to the driver. I talk to the people next to me if they want to talk. And it is talk about filling the well for your comedic, you know, yeah. toolbox. It's the greatest thing in the world. There's billions of people. They all are unique. They all have a story to tell. It's foolish let's be, as a comedian not to talk to these let's people. Let's be harsh here. <laughs> they don't all have a story to tell. They're not, Some of them, they might have a story to tell, but you don't want to hear it. Well, some are bad stories. <laughs> some are disgusting. Boring ass fucking story. <laughs> so, you can't tell not people. all of them end up in the monologue. Everyone has a story. God damn it. You're going to get a lot of stories. They're going to be coming your way. They do, though. I mean, yeah. honestly, even like the biggest slug you'll find, you talk to them about their family, about their childhood, about where they grew up. There's, there is a story there. Here's a way to look at it. You take the biggest fucking loser that ever existed mm-hmm. on planet Earth, and if you discover him on Mars, it's the biggest story in human history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. It's true. Barney, find Barney. Some guy wearing a donkey mask, jerking off with a bathrobe on, on Mars. It would be like the most important thing that's ever happened. <laughs> yeah, it's on the People CNN of Mars. People would the fuck out. They'd be like, this can't be real. I can't believe it. Hey, come here, get closer. I'll show you I'm real. Just Have you seen it? <laughs> old man with a donkey mask on, beating off. Right, but if you found an old man with a donkey ha- mask beating off in Venice, like I'm Venice still Beach, impressed. I'm still impressed. No. <laughs> a donkey you wouldn't mask? be shocked. Like if I said, Tom Papa, I Have want you, you ever to bet s- your life savings. Do you say yes or no? There is currently a man with a donkey mask on, wearing a bathrobe, jerking off in Venice. Yeah, you might you might want to lean yes. I mean, you might. <laughs> 
If they're bringing it to you, I'd be super suspicious. I'd be like, that's your question? It's definitely a favorite, not an underdog on that. <laughs> my, my, question, my question is, do you think that it ever happened? Yes. Right. Everything you can I'm think of is I'm 100% confident that someone has jerked off with a donkey mask on. 100%. Wearing like a hotel bathrobe. Especially in Venice. It's all about masks. In Venice. I'm yeah. 100% confident that I could say historically. Yes. Everything you can think right. of has happened. Venice Beach, not Venice, Italy, right? Venice Both. Beach. Right, 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 right. No, Venice Beach. Oh, Venice Beach. We never know, man. I thought Venice you were talking Italy. Italy with all the... Right? With all the Catholic stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And plus the water's getting high and people panic. Um, can I ask you guys a question? Sure. Uh, back to way in the beginning of the podcast when I was talking about wine and how I'm trying to learn about it and stuff. The one thing I don't know about wine is when I do drink it, I never feel that drunk. And we've had a bottle and a half now. Yeah. Do I seem drunk? Yeah, you seem pretty fucked up. Don't tell me anything you don't want to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> do I seem that different from before? I mean, you're also fucked up too, but. No, you seem fine. Yeah? Yeah. Because I always get home and I'm like, I've, I have to say, I was kept my shit together pretty good. Yeah. And then I wake up the next morning like, no, I was, I shouldn't have done that. Well, sometimes you'll hear yourself like on a podcast if you get really lit. Like when we did that uh, Sober October podcast, I saw one of the clips. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize how drunk we were until I saw the clip. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, we were blasted. We were in orbit. Oh, really? Oh, that's we were funny. in orbit. I was listening to myself <laughs> talk. I was like, you're so hammered. That's so stupid. Because I want to be like a gentleman that can drink and yes, hold his alcohol and be like... Well, yeah. sir, if that is your goal, you have achieved it. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Happy holidays. You're certainly a gentleman. Because you don't seem... And you did more than I did. Did I really? And you seem exactly the same as when we started. Um, I think you're projecting. There was one point when, after you smoked a lot, you were going oh, like... Oh, the weed. That's what I did more I than could, you. I could tell it was a bit of a body high. Well, that weed is strong as fuck. <laughs> I think there's benefit to it. I don't think there's, like, I don't think you should do everything all the time. But I think there's benefit. I don't think you should exercise all the time either. How I'll tell that? you. I'll tell you this. When I was flying back from New York yesterday and knew he had this, when I was on the flight, I was thinking it would be so nice to bring a bottle of wine, just chill with the guys, and this that would be so yes. happy. And now that we're in that moment, yes, I'm so happy. Me too. So happy. <laughs> it's a good place. I'm worried about Jamie's hips. Jamie's hips still bugging you? No, that's so <clears throat> the so right actually helped a lot. Really? Just laying on it and breathing and yeah, you know time. I have not used that yet. I bought two of them. I bought one for the house and one for the gym. But that uh, it's a it's called a so right. Yeah, it's right? Just like a, for your so ass muscle. So you lay on yeah. it and have it like yeah. massage your inner gut area. It works. Well, apparently that's like a muscle that gets knotted up on people. Mm -hmm. And I had, I definitely got it get knotted up on me when I was, uh, I was running a little too often. I was running, um, like four or five days a week. It was starting to knot up. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Like that. Yeah. Mm, it's okay. just like a foam roller, but like if you could have an elbow on that foam roller. Right. Yeah, okay. Uh, and you, uh, lay on it on your back. Yeah. You yeah. can put a couple of different spots too. They have like a spot in your shoulders and the front, but. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, whatever, my pelvis area. Yeah, that looks beastly. But it helped, right? You yep. feel good. Yeah. That looks good. Yeah, you got to – it's weird. The human body's all manipulable. Oh, yeah. It's malleable. That's why yoga's can, so good. Oh, yeah. Stretching in general, like all that shit, so good. But it's just so weird how, like, deep tissue massage and all that stuff works and how, how you, your body's, like, pliable. Yeah. You break stuff loose. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's loosen weird. Loosen things up. And someone who's really good at it. If you get a gal who knows how to use them elbows, then you need to oh, man. get in there and fuck <laughs> you up, man. Woo! 
I started running with my dog, with my lab. Yeah. And uh, but I run on the road and on the sidewalk. Right. Is on. Do you feel like uh, I feel so guilty sometimes that it's got its little paws out, just running on the road? Um, like is it hot? Are you worried no. about like the hurt? The no, it's hurt, the, the paws. It's, no, it's the hardness of it. Mm, like Which, streets. Maybe I never thought she doesn't about that. seem unhappy. She seems like she's having a blast. But well, it's definitely not as good as running in the dirt. It's right? just not. I mean, probably f- yeah. for us either. No, for no, it's definitely not. Yeah, it's definitely not. It's weird. You know, there's not as much give. Whenever I see people running in the cities, I go, I get it. You want to exercise? Yeah. You know, this, you decided to make this whole world your gym. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's a weird thing. I saw some it's dude so on Wilshire though. the other day. He was crossing Wilshire. It's just no shirt on, t-shirt, earbuds, <laughs> just one of them. One of those dudes is doing this at the fucking <laughs> taking like, his pulse. Yeah, he's like, and he just runs across as soon yeah. as the light turns green. He's just using the street. This is like four thirty in the afternoon to yeah. rush hour, and he's using this place as his gym. <laughs> I know. That's, That's why I like running. Weird. Though. That's why I like running because as soon as you go out, you're doing it. And he had a nice body too. Ooh. He wanted to let bitches know. He did. He was slim and fit. I don't get the... That's what it was about, probably more than anything. Totally. Through Wilshire. A little peacock move. Yeah. No <laughs> shirt on. And who's looking? Peacocking. Just running around. Do you do yoga with your shirt off or on? That's right. Off, bitch. Off? Off. With all the gals there? They don't give a fuck, dude. They're suffering. They Everyone's suffering. Yeah. Everyone's I always suffering. keep my shirt on because I always feel like, as a man, I'm not supposed to be there, so it should... Ew. Just make it less conspicuous. You feel like as a man, you're not supposed to be there? Even after the remarks you heard by Bikram, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, the smart One man is supposed to be there. Sperm. <laughs> I don't, they don't but care, the, man. Uh, Everybody does. Look, it's just too fucking hot. It's too hot. You don't want to have a shirt on. You have that wet fucking hot thing yeah. smothering you. you know, unless you do, want to wear I a jog bra. I don't do the Bikram. Bra. I do the regular. Do I don't do the hot, jog. hot one. I want to see you in a jog bra, bro. <laughs> Why can't a man wear something that just like, like a like a just covers his nips. like a sweatband for your tits? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> tit sweats. Like, Call it you tit know sweats. What I mean, I mean, I'm not saying I want a bra. <laughs> like, why is it okay? You, it's not okay for a guy to wear a bracelet. Well, kind of is some bracelets. Yeah, but it's okay for you to wear one of them tennis wrist things. Yeah, those. Like they, like a real band. Yeah, those headbands for your wrists. Those wristbands. <laughs> those ones, red, white, and blue. Remember those? Yeah, dude, I used they to wear would those when I was a kid. The one on your head. I thought I was the coolest fucking dude on <laughs> earth. I had uh, those wristbands with red, white, and blue on them. Like that's right. Tube socks pulled mm-hmm. high up to Fuck the knee, yeah, all the way up. <laughs> yeah. What were those things called? What would you call wristbands. those? Wristbands. Yes, like wristbands. tennis wristbands. Yeah, the headband and the wristband, mm-hmm. and they'd match. Yeah, I probably had a headband too. I had a, I had one that was pretty badass you know what was a big <laughs> it wasn't two though you just go the one you just go on the left that was the cool move there was a time i don't remember what the time was but there was a time when vi- that's it right there sock tower what does yeah it say? red white sock and blue tower, baby two pieces that's large that, yo yeah. son we're gonna order those as soon as we get off the show i'm gonna wear next time tom pop and i do a podcast i'm wearing them red white and blue wristbands kids oh that'd be awesome i literally had that fresh very fresh. It felt cool. Yeah. It, it felt, felt real cool. Don't I have those popular anymore? <laughs> what was I going to say, though, about... I was going to say something. Uh, about wristband. That. Oh, God damn it. This Son of a bitch. Marijuana combination. Being what? To, being allowed to wear them. Have it for a guy. Working out. Sweat. Boobs. 
Mm. Throwing a lot of information <laughs> my way. <laughs> These are all words that yeah. you were saying. Yeah. <clears throat> Why is it well, okay for a man to walk around with no shirt on and women can't? Was that what you were going to say? Well, there's, that's obvious. I mean, women because should be, be able to. They definitely can. But oh. I, I've talked about this before, I think, where I said I would just, I wouldn't recommend it to a friend. What? I'd be like, don't go out there with your tits hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if a friend tried to ask me if they think that they should exercise that right to freedom, yeah. I'd be like, it's, well, I don't want to get harassed. You don't want to get harassed. Right. Like, I w- would you wear, like, bikini underwear and walk through a gay neighborhood? On Saturday night at 10.30 p.m. when the ecstasy just kicked in. You're a piece of meat. How good do you think you'd feel walking through like a super duper gay neighborhood with like little bikini briefs on? Crossing San Vicente and Santa Monica. For whatever reason, you obviously shave your chest. It's funny. Maybe your chest is smooth as baby butt. But your back has hair on it. It's so funny because like, you're setting it up fuck? as a predatory kind of scenario. Yeah. But all I'm thinking is, would they think I was okay? <laughs> would they like me? Would they like me? <laughs> they hit on me? <laughs> would you be pumped or disgusted? You, no, you'd be. You don't want the hassle. That's what I tell right. my. Yeah, I mean, I understand that there's like a cool movement now, and it's a, a time where women should be able to go out there and. Dress the way you want to dress. It's not their problem. It's the guy's problem. Let's correct the guys rather than us. Right. I love that. But there's a lot of guys that haven't been corrected yet who are mm. going to hassle you and follow you in the parking lot. Yeah. That's the problem. Those Still. guys aren't woke. Once everyone's all woke, woke it'll is, be great. Woke is a dangerous <laughs> word to use. I feel like people are going to mock it in the future. Woke? Woke. Yeah. yeah. I feel like using woke now, like unironically, is super slippery. I see a trap coming. You do? The, the jujitsu practitioner in me is like, I don't like this move. This is, uh, I know where this leads. <laughs> I'm like, this is You're a trap. totally right. This is how I feel. Yeah. I see that woke thing. I'm like, what are you woke? What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> you woke have... up? You woke up? What are you, 12? Well, it, com- you know? it comes from my 16-year-old, so yeah. Yeah, these kids today. But- um, what does woke mean? It means your brain is open. You're open to stuff. Mm-hmm. You're- the problem is there's no real quantification. There's no real – there's no test you take to show that if you're woke. Right. Right? Like, <laughs> like if you want to be a mathematician, you have to fucking show that you know how to do math. Yeah. The professors, they check <laughs> yeah. your work. Like you get through like, yes, congratulations, Tom Papa. Yeah. You are a mathematician. You have a PhD in mathematics. It says so right here on the paper. And you're like, God damn it, I'm going to put that shit on my wall so you understand. I know how this stuff works. Yeah. But wokeness, yeah. anybody can claim to be a master of wokeness. It's like kung fu without fighting. It's very dangerous. Yeah. No, no I one's hear defined you. what's woke and what's preposterous. No one's defined but, what's what's just not racist and not sexist and not homophobic, but open minded and aware of the, the, the failings and the misgivings of all sides. All right. of us. And, and with no bias. Right. Is that woke? Because it doesn't seem like it is. Isn't that woke? I don't know. I don't think so. I think you just described what I thought it was. I would like that, but too many people could jump in. There's no, there's no real clear understanding of like what makes and constitutes someone being woke. Like, yeah, how many of those boxes do you have to check? Right. Like, right. Where if does it, was it like stop? A, Tom Papa had a woke academy. Right. And you took these people through. The, <laughs> it would just be, these, do you like bread or not like bread? <laughs> yeah. Claiming wokeness <laughs> you, is super slippery. What's this, Jamie? 1962 New York Times Magazine article about <gasps> being woke. Whoa! Wow. This is crazy! If you're oh woke, my God. you dig it. Look, if you're woke, you dig it. Oh, my God. That's the perfect God. definition right insane. there. That is insane. If you're woke, you dig it. That is insane. 
That was my fox, man. And you were copying my taste and grit. Wow. Don't jump salty on me. Whoa. Look how they talked back then. <laughs> they were trying to talk people into talking in a way that made them seem more interesting. I'm going to say it the way I would say it if I lived back then. Hey, <laughs> make it bigger so I can see <laughs> you, it. You be the guy on the left. Jamie, read it, but can't no, read. no, no. Scroll so we could read the, what they were His saying. His comments. Yeah. What he's saying up top. Yeah. Okay. That was. That was my fox, man. And you were and copying you were my taste and my grit. Taste and so, grit. So how would you say that now? Um, that was my fox, man. Maybe it's girl. And you were copying my taste and grit. Of course, it's girl. That's my girl. And you, so you say it. That's what he's saying. No one says fox anymore. No, that's what they said. Oh, would you use what words would you use yeah, today? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, he dude, would say, "The fuck are you doing with my girlfriend, dickhead?" <laughs> and he said, "Don't jump salty on me." <laughs> I would say, "Hey, we're cool. No, no worries. It would, it would no worries. Like, Stop being such a bitch. It's all good. It's all good." Yeah, and then it'd be like, "What? Someone's a bitch." And then next thing you know, people would be hitting each other. <laughs> That's the darkness in all men. Uh, Who are these two gentlemen to the I right and the left? It says Noah Webster. I think that might be like Webster's Dictionary guy. Uh, and who's yeah. the other guy? Peter what? I can't Peter, tell. Peter in the, in the dictionary. It looks a little that, squirrely. Yeah, I can't tell. Peter the, um, the, the letters are all blurred, right? I love that. But I love that if you're woke, you dig it. Yeah, if you're woke, you dig it. That's That sums it up, man. If you're woke, you dig it. After a... How'd you find this, Jamie? Go back to that. I typed in, uh, it's like, know your meme. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the meme of the word woke. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Stay woke. Look at that little image, though. Scroll back up so we see it again. That's so strange. Like, imagine if that was contemporary. Yeah. Like, if that was your word. Like, imagine if hipsters all of a sudden started wearing tails to their jackets. <laughs> 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 if they just decided, this is the next level. We're going to yeah. wear bow ties and those tails. It like, wouldn't be surprising because that's all about just, I'm doing what you guys don't do. So I'm right. going tails. What a weird look, though. It is. That like, is so weird. That's a look that, like, okay, so, like, the guy in the center it's like with Alexander. the hat on. Yeah. Those two guys, both the guys in the center, those guys will fly today. Oh, totally. The guy on the left that, like, looks like he's dressed like he's uh That looks like me on the road. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he looks like, like he's in a Quentin Tarantino movie or something, yeah, right? Looks sure. like he's a reservoir dog. <laughs> That's totally normal, right? Yeah, black he's in the suit, Matrix. Black suit, tie. That 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 guy could go to any restaurant anywhere, and no one would even bat an eye. They go, "Hello, sir. Um, can I help you?" Boom, walk yeah. right in. Go but back the guy, to that image. The guy you? next to him. But those two guys on the ends, like, what in the fuck are they? He's got a, a coat with tails. Yeah. And those pants that are like <laughs> flat across your crotch, where it looks like you have no privates. Here's a good way to look at it. Imagine if you're dating a gal, and uh, her your parents gonna come over. And you're like, uh, you're really going to love my dad. He's an amazing guy. He's real old school. And, <laughs> <laughs> and dad comes over with, dressed like that with coattails. Yeah. And you start feeling like you're, like you're in that movie Get Out. He's, he's got a handlebar mustache. Yeah. He's got tails. Yeah. Weird, weird pants with the going to funny shoes. Did you see Get Out? Yeah. I finally watched it during Sober October. Oh, you did? It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. yeah that's but that's what deal. you would be thinking. If that guy was dressed like that. That the daughter was going to lead you to something and you have to run for your life. <laughs> but it is weird how, like, that suit has lasted yeah. a long time. Well, this was 1960, so I'm assuming that it was mocking 
the style of old. So by the time 1960 mm-hmm. rolled around, the guys in the middle were dressed contemporary. But the guys in the end, they're, they're like making fun of people the way they used to dress. Yeah. Kind of in a way. Or at least that's what represents those people. Well, yeah. It just defines their time. That guy yeah. was probably around the 1800s. This so guy's who from the, the whoever 40s. those other guys are, do you know who those guys are? I believe no Webster. Webster is from yeah, the Webster Dictionary. That's why he's got the pen and he's right. scratching his head as that guy's putting out his right. slang. So his slang is making Webster, Webster. go, what the fuck? These are, that's not how you really say it. So it'd be like the Urban Dictionary. Like uh, right. Jamie and I sometimes get confused. We have to pull up the Urban Dictionary and find out what the real word <laughs> of a word means. So let's pull up woke Yeah, there as you it's go. represented today. You know? Woke. No disrespect. No cultural appropriation intended. <laughs> the fact that it was invented actually in the '60s is really weird. Yeah. It's just making a comeback. I was just like looking around when I typed in like "what is woke" to see if there's mm. anything interesting. If you dig it, you woke. Mm, what does it say? Aware, knowledgeable about your community and the world, with the willingness to access and critique systems of oppression. Yeah. Uh, well, that the end the of last it. Part the gets last a little part. Squirrely. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. I mean, for sure, if it really is a system of oppression. But how do we decide what's a system of oppression and what is... Sounds like you need Jordan Peterson. Weird human behavior that represents then the what way do you men mean by and women that? interact with each other on a grand scale. I mean, that's just like... Uh, I, I, there are some legitimate systems of oppression. Right? Yeah, for real. It's like figure out which one it is. Yeah. Before, But putting that in like, that's what woke is? Like, what if, how, do you do, how do you define... What the systems of like where does it, where's the line get drawn right, right? is the line hmm like why do women uh, have certain jobs why do men have certain jobs how much of that is because of influence how much of that is because of their choices how much of that is just because of natural proclivities towards certain things well then you're talking about people that are coming after the hierarchy yes. and if they're coming after the hierarchy who's to say that those people aren't part of the problem. I love Jordan Peterson the way he's just like hammers just yeah. well then what are you what, what are you saying then who are you what, yeah. what are you, <laughs> you you're buying into the hierarchy you <laughs> just love like the exasperation yeah. in his voice no yeah. but it's true it's like then it is true that, that woke definition was like oh I'm with you this is all about being nice and kind and then at the end it's about attacking right well here's the, the crazy thing is the end part about attacking is where it gets weird because Jordan Peterson is a guy who gets regularly attacked and yeah. misrepresented, like especially in terms of like that he's somehow or another a racist because some racists like him. I've heard that argument. It's a crazy argument. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's not a racist by any stretch of the imagination. He he believes in individuals. Yeah, I mean he's more Ayn Rand. Yeah, than. I, I never say that right. I know her name's Ayn Rand, but I always say Ayn Rind. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I have like a natural instinct to fuck it up. But it really is like his thing is. It's like the power of the individual and responsibility and doing your thing. Yes. And, and he's, he's under attack, together. of course, during this time. Of course he's under attack. But he's also under celebration. Uh, yeah. He's under he, – I mean, he's been celebrated as well as attacked, but much more celebrated. It's he's not, under it's, celebration more than he's under attack. He, it's nice to hear that viewpoint articulated in such a clear, concise way. He's a genuine it's, sweetheart of a guy, too. Yeah. I mean, I think if people knew him – I think, you know, part of the thing is – 
some of his views are very powerful and polarizing to some folks they who have a specific idea of how things are yeah. and what things should be or, and what, what what represents transphobia what represents sexism and you know these are all fascinating discussions as long as everybody's like just being rational and yeah and, and being honest about it but yeah it's good. It's moving. It's he's. Yeah. It's it's moving the discussion forward. It's like you should hear all sides, and you should hear. I mean, what he's saying is, you know, in a lot of ways, is like very true and very real. And it's like right, but but the presentation of it in these times, it's like that. He's very brave because he knows that anything he says is going to be a shitstorm in response. Well, he's very brave in that respect, but he's also very brave in that he's done. A tremendous amount of research on all these different subjects he's talking about and when he talks about something from a scientific perspective he's not talking about it because it aligns with his beliefs right and he will in fact highlight things that don't align with his beliefs mm -hmm. and show that he has a hole in some of his thinking he'll 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 pause in mid-sentence and goes well I guess I'm wrong then right he'll say it's things cool like that. he does he has a hundred percent intellectual honesty yeah he's just he's not scared to take on this system of the way uh, people think and behave. And uh, this system works both for really progressive, open-minded uh, people that support most of the things that you and I probably support. And it also, the system is also in place for people that have more stringent conservative p viewpoints. Yeah. And we have to look at everybody honestly. Right. If you want to debate whether someone's opinions are one thing or the other, yeah, absolutely. I'm with you 100%. The problem is when you start calling someone a racist yeah. and calling someone a racist because you think that racists like him or calling someone a sexist because you think that sexists like him yeah. or because he says says things that you don't agree with. If you don't agree with them and you just dismiss them at this like as this really shallow sexist opinion, the problem is other people are going to read what you're saying. They're going to look into it and it's going to seem silly right. because the guy has volumes and volumes and volumes that you could read and that he has books. He has all these different lectures where he discusses these things, podcasts where he discusses these things in really complex and well thought out ways. You can't you can't say is racist. And what's just unfortunate not. what's unfortunate is that he presents this stuff. We should then our responsibility is to deal with the stuff. Deal with the ideas. Yeah. Not what does it matter who he is, how he talks, what He's he is, what, what you think, and who cares? But the problem is if you the call idea him is, one. The idea is what we should all then, oh, thank you, take it whether you like yes. him or not, take it and then wrestle that idea and move it forward. 100%. But yeah. we also have to be aware that there's a real problem in calling someone a monster who's not a monster. Right. Because then when real monsters come along, yeah. you already use that word up. Right. That's this is like you have to be careful because there's real racists in the world. There's real bad people. Yeah. So calling someone a bad person just because you don't agree with them, you fall into a very slippery ideological trap. And a lot of times people do it just to get attention. Yeah. They want to throw their hat into the ring. They want their 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 say. They right. want they want to get it out. They want to make an impact. They want that love. Yeah. They want to be part of that. They want to be part of the discussion, and they right. might have very strong beliefs that they think are correct. But I, I guarantee, if you, if that those strong beliefs are that Jordan is a racist, you don't know him well. There's right. no way you could, right? And there's no way you're really familiar with a lot of the things that he says about race, right? Because he, he doesn't say anything racist. He talks in terms of, I mean, he he, he always emphasizes individuals yeah. as, no, as that's being that, the most important thing. That's that Ayn Rand thing. It, it it's not about that. It's a it's about the person you responsible for you doing yes. you 
despite whatever comes at you because everything's always going to come at you. Yeah, it's an, and it's not a denial of racism. Racism is fucking horrible. But yeah. what it is is a saying that like we can all we can all figure out a better way to navigate this than the shitty way that racists and bad people have done in the past. Right. You know what was kind of racist? I was uh, I wanted to put um, African Americans in my Christmas village. You couldn't. And you go online and try and look up uh, African American figurines for whatever. It's it's not good. <laughs> they haven't. Oh no. Talk about not yet woke. You've oh, got no. there are there there are prisoners. <laughs> there's prisoners. There's like worker like. There's not oh. a lot of like just regular families. There's you, definitely a lot more wait a of white people. <laughs> okay, let's let's guess this. Let's guess this before we look it up. Yeah, uh, because this might be one of them untapped things that people forgot <laughs> to get outraged about. Yeah, <laughs> is it possible that you can buy a ceramic slave? Yes. You think so? Uh huh. Well, through a store, maybe not. On the internet, eBay for sure. Really? Yes. You know how much stuff was put out into the culture of, like, uh, alfalfa kind of <laughs> representations of kids and slave children. and How about that? There was, I mean, I went through my grandmother's, like, keepsakes at one point, like a shoebox of stuff, and she just had a postcard from her friend. It was two, like, black kids eating watermelons. And I was like, Grandma, what, is, what the hell is this? I was like, you know, 15. She's like, oh, it's just a joke. But Whoa. she wasn't it I only bring it up because that was circulated. That was being pumped out all the time in the culture. So there's definitely stuff you can get secondhand on eBay. Jamie's got a big smile I'm, on his face. I'm this could be a real problem. Sure. Sure. A lot of different slave stuff, like Roman slaves and slaves that like put, As long as they're white slaves were good. You Show me them. some so like, Roman slaves that are dressed like they were in that gladiator Roman movie. Roman slaves. <laughs> that gladiator movie. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Oh my he was God. a slave. Yeah. You had a fight. I got some here. Okay. So this is non, it's not American. So all those slaves are like, that's, isn't that interesting? Like it, it can't be like, it's got to be like, I didn't do it. I didn't fucking put them guys. <laughs> None of my people made them people slaves. Fuck that, bro. Right? Like you have to have yeah. Middle Eastern, <laughs> yeah. you know, ancient. It starts getting a little squirrely. 100 here. BC. Like, oh. The rowers. rowers, but those are white people. They're gray. They're gray, three D printed. They haven't been painted. They look like Ooh. Henry Fonda. They're up to the the person who buys them, you know, to make them as accurate as they. Right. Want. They look like Henry Fonda, like, uh, or Kirk Douglas. Stuff. They got some white ass features though. Yeah. White hair. They got white people hair. All right. You know, I mean, just put up racist dolls. Yeah, I didn't, I'm, I'm sure you'll. I'm sure they'll come go up. As a <laughs> yeah, this seems like an easy listen, search. Don't get on a fucking list, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's just end this. We just stumble this. across it instead of actually. Yeah, you're seeking good. It good out. call, sir. Good call. Yeah, you yeah. just don't want certain things typed in. No, exactly. You know, it's like that, like that or, Alexa thing. Do you have an Alexa at home? Yeah, Alexa's listening right now. I know that bitch. My friend told me like you really should just you really should take that off. And I'm like, why? She, I'm like, it's only when I talk. She's like, no, they listen all the time. There was another murder case, and they confiscated the Alexa because they know the Alexa will have information from the last four days up to the murder. That's crazy. Yeah. 
That's crazy. But it still plays my music, so I'm keeping it. You don't care. You're not killing anybody. <laughs> so this is what is this? A doll that you could make a, a slave? It says yeah. It's like a. It, this <gasps> is saying like it's. It's not Lego. Lego. I'm sorry. Play Play Mobile or something. Oh, You're supposed to put this Lego ripoff. He's got Lego hands. Chain around his neck. <laughs> I'd be mad if I bought that. I thought it was a Lego. Isn't that's that funny? The, like, even if it was really cool, if you, you were a kid, your parents, like you said, I want Legos, and your parents brought you that. You're like, bitch, this is not Legos. <laughs> this totally. is some whack ass. It's supposed to represent a pirate who was formerly a slave in historical context. Is what it is. Ah, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> it's easier to write that sentence than to make a new Lego. <laughs> he was a former slave in a yeah. historical context. Come on. That is, what does that mean? I don't know. That means... Represent a pirate who was a former slave in a historical context. That means he escaped... I know, but it's a weird way to put it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that weird? That's so funny. <laughs> that is so ridiculous. Uh, Racist toy instructions? That's a news title. <laughs> With a question mark. Yeah. Those fucking misleading news titles. Yeah. Like, what? Racist toy instruction? Tune in after the break. They made them fairly light. Notice how conservative they were? You know? <laughs> they didn't make them super dark. Yeah. Even they knew that was a... That we can't, we <laughs> yeah, can't write this get away off. <laughs> we can make them kind of brownish. Uh, right, that guy looked like he had a tan. Looked like he was uh, like a Spaniard. Yeah, you know, like like yeah. Diego Montoya. Yeah, <laughs> you killed my father. Prepare to die. Like that's what he looked like. He <laughs> like if he looked yeah. like a Spaniard on a holiday where they caught a nice tan. Are you saying even the racist toy maker was like, no, dude, don't go, don't go too dark. Yes, <laughs> I'm saying the racist toy maker was like, you know what, we just gotta we gotta play it safe. <laughs> go with the just, go with this color. Yeah, go with. Shoot for Guatemala. That's it. That's all I'm looking for. Do you go to mass on Christmas? No. No mass at all? I go to Willy Wonka's Golden Chocolate Factory. What? No, it's all nonsense, man. Yeah. Why would I do that? I don't know. I'm just asking. Tradition? Because you grew up that way. No, I never grew up that way. You I didn't? Went to, I you went didn't to have Catholic church when school. you were a kid? Yeah, we did, but it was for a very short amount of time. To say I grew up that way would be hard because it was, I was out by the time I was out of first grade. Oh yeah. They were talking about putting me back in for second grade, but we moved from New Jersey to San Francisco, uh-huh. and uh, we didn't find uh, a Catholic school. And it's, you know, Catholic schools cost money too. You know, right. went to public school after that, but right. I was just done. I hated it. Yeah, I, I was in fear of those fucking crazy people. And your parents didn't take you to church or make you go to they church? They did a little bit. I think the idea was back then that if you had kids, you wanted your kids to go to Catholic school. You know, uh-huh. There's a lot of people that did that in that neighborhood when right. I was little. It was just a normal thing you did. Yeah. And they were more strict. And, to, dude, one thing that was for sure, though, like <laughs> I had a conversation with my mom about it once. She was like, you know, your grades were way better when you went in your Catholic school. And I was like, yeah, because I was fucking terrified to get them wrong. <laughs> they beat the shit I, out I of you. I don't want to live like that. They never beat me. No. But they definitely threatened me. Really? Yeah, they threatened to make me sit on a nail. You're gonna have to sit on a nail in the uh, in the closet and oh, stay here all night. I hope you brought your blanket. They're like really mean when you're like a little six year old kid. Like that's fucked up. It's just a weird oh, it's feeling so... to be stuck with these people for nine months. And to also for me, <clears throat> it's like my parents were splitting up at the time, so it's very confusing. Yeah. And then I wanted things to have order to them, so I wanted God to make sense. Like, uh-huh. I remember annoying people with that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm like six years old. I'd what annoy, do you mean? I'd annoy people talking about what God wants. 
What do you mean? Like you would? God says this. God wants that. Like I would say that. Oh, when you I was would bug like six years old. Yeah, right. Because I was a little kid who was dealing with my parents splitting up, and there didn't seem to be any order in the world, and I was very nervous. Right. So when I finally, when I went to Catholic school, when I first got there, I was I was happy that I was mm-hmm. going to go to Catholic school. But then as I experienced it, mm. at <clears throat> six years old. I started going, this is ridiculous. This doesn't make any sense. I'm like, first of all, these people are so mean. They're, they're obviously being mean and nasty. They're not comforting and right. loving. And I was thinking as a six-year-old, comparing them to the way like my grandma was or my mother was. Like, these, are, these ladies are nasty. Right. Like, why are they being so mean? And I'm like, these, they don't represent God. And I was like, this is crazy. Why? At and six. Then, and then you could see kids getting in trouble because their parents hadn't paid for their lunch, or this kind. Of, and there was like this really, you tell your father to get that money in. Like there was a, right. this weirdness to it that just didn't seem loving, or it didn't seem like what I thought of when I thought of you know Christ, and when I thought of right. it seemed to me like oh no, this is a dark little trap wow. that you can get sucked into. So that's, that's what's remarkable about that is not just the age, but that you went from. Uh, really, really needing it in a very real way because mm-hmm. what was happening with your family to, like, normally <laughs> you wouldn't turn that quickly. Oh, like, man. Within a year, it sounds yeah. like. By the time I was or seven. Two, yeah. It was over by the time I was out of there. Usually that change doesn't happen for 15, 20 years. Well, outside of beating me or doing something sexual to me, the, this the mind fuck of dealing with yeah. those mean, nasty ladies. Scared the shit out of me. I yeah. remember crying. They were calling me a baby because I was crying. Ugh. I was like, whoa. Just not knowing how to deal with human beings. Yeah, when you're a six-year-old and this is going down, you're like, what have I done? Yeah. Like, I went from always being with my mom or being with my grandma right. or my grandfather. I was like, everything was cool. And then right. all of a sudden, you're going to school. And this is what you're doing in school. I, I didn't go to kindergarten. I went to first grade. That was the first thing I went to. Right. And so all of a oh, sudden, wow. the first grade is like instantaneously being connected to these crazy ladies. Jesus. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. So poor. And then I would think about them. <clears throat> and I would think, what kind of, like, and I was thinking about why they're so mean. I remember being like six years old thinking this. Right. And I, I was like, nobody probably loves them. Like, they, they don't get, they don't have a family. Yeah, they don't they have, don't have a boyfriend. Kids. <laughs> they don't have a boyfriend. They yeah. don't, I didn't think at the time they don't have a girlfriend, but maybe they do. Holla. Right. But yeah. for sure they didn't, the whole thing was that they didn't, you know, they didn't have anything. No connection with another human being. Right. What so could be lonelier or more anger-inducing? <sighs> yeah, it was just dark. They weren't, yeah. they weren't loving people. You Do know? any of your children no. ask about it? They don't even no. bring it up? We, we've talked about God. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, my, my basic take is, um, Jordan Peterson said some, something really lovely. He said he behaves as if God is real. Yeah. He behaves as if God exists. Interesting. Not that he believes God exists, because that's sort of a, yeah. it's a bit of an intellectual trap, right? Mm-hmm. If you say, do you believe God exists? Like, okay, well, define God. No, the, yeah, then you're what in the weeds. What does that mean? Yeah. Because do you, do you think that I think that there's a city in the clouds? No, I don't. Right. No, I don't. Do, but it, do you think that there's an energy, like we were is, talking about? Is before, it possible like, yeah. that there's something bigger than all this thing? Well, there's bigger than everything. Like, if you talk to an ant and said, hey, man, you think there's cities, it's skyscrapers and airplanes? Like, what are you, fucking moron? <laughs> Get out of here, bitch. I'm trying to drag this dead bug around. <laughs> How are you got, talking anyway? I got time for your fucking <laughs> galaxy talk, yeah. universe talk. Get the fuck out of here with your 5G, bitch. <laughs> I got time. I'm dragging this bug. Yeah. So, I mean, in our perspective, when we're talking yeah. about things... You know, it's like we're we're so small. 
we're, we're, the way we interface with reality. So crude, even though it's amazing. Yeah, but I like the idea of the not going into the whole intellectual discussion about God, but just like, yeah. just, you know. Who knows? Just kind of act like he yeah. does exist. It's a great it, way to it does live. Make you, it does make you act a little kinder. Yeah. It's, a, it's like a parent figure. It's like, okay, we're not going to do this because it's going to make them unhappy. I try to do what I, the, like, the, when I'm at my best, I try to treat people as if they're me living another life. Treat treat people as if they're just a, you know, don't think people as a bother yeah. or don't think, and it's hard to do. It's hard to do, especially when you're busy or when you have your kids with you or when you're trying to get something done. Or, yeah. You know, it's hard to do. But I try if, and walk walk around thinking everybody is drowning in insecurity. Right. That really kind of makes me give people a pass in the biggest and smallest ways. Mm. Everybody, when you see people hustling, doing whatever, businessman, businesswoman, looks like she's on top of her game. Yep. Person like on the subway who's obviously going someplace they don't want to go with no money in their pocket. If you realize we're all just drowning in insecurity, mm-hmm. it just makes you just give them a little bit of a a, a pass. That that's been where my head's at, been at lately. That's a great place to keep your head because we all are. Everyone's yeah. balled up. Everyone, mm-hmm. even the person you yep. admire the most, is yep. like ah. <laughs> well, you know what we were talking about earlier about the traps that you fall into as you're trying to achieve and do things. You also fall into traps even with things that you love, and you can get so caught up in uh, you know the things that you love that you kind of forget to keep your. You know, you're, 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 when you're at your best, like what, mm-hmm. what feeling you're, keep that in close range. Yeah. And if you feel like getting away from you because you're too tired, because you're working too much, because yeah. like, pull that back. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep it at close range where you are operating at your best, but be respectful of that, right? And I think this is something that I've been guilty of in the past. I wasn't respectful of the energy that's required to be at your best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just figure that, like, I'll just do just all these happens. other things. Yeah. But, you only, I really firmly believe you only have so much bandwidth in a day. And this is coming from a person who pushes their bandwidth too hard all the time. I think you only have so much in a day. Mm-hmm. And when you get to a certain state, you wind up diminishing uh, a lot. And then I think you wind up diminishing a lot of the, all, the other things that you do. Like if you, if you have like seven things cooking in the background on your phone, it's not going to move as fast. Right. Allegedly. Actually, it does work that way. Right? Some computers... But do I think you, that people do that, too. You have too many things cooking at the same time. Yeah, we all do. Yeah, all the time. All the time. And then you take 20 minutes of transcendental meditation and take your nervous system and put it on restart and just let it wash out. Are you hypnotizing me, bro? This thing yeah. in your hand is freaking me out. Let it wash out 20 minutes Okay. because we're all under that all the time, 100% frazzled no matter how hard you're pushing or just coasting. Three o'clock in the afternoon, two o'clock in the afternoon, four o'clock in the afternoon. That nervous system shot. Right. We're all the same. Do, how do you do? Twenty it? minutes. What do you do? Talk me through it. You take your nervous system, and it's the result of it is you come out and you've rebooted the system, and you can now have a good part of the second part of your day. Do you have a technique you use? Do you use an app? Do you? No, uh, I went to uh, I I went to a transcendental meditation teacher. Whoa. And. Uh, in without the hippy dippy, that's the biggest part of it. It literally makes you realize 
just what you said. We're all just frazzled and running out of steam mm-hmm. at a certain point. Yeah. Your nervous system is shot. All that stuff that's happened just between 7 o'clock and 3 o'clock, whatever mm-hmm. would happen, your, that nervous system has been dealing with a ton of stimulus all yeah. day long. That meditation gives you a reboot and you can it it's it's like a needed thing that's yeah. better than sleep that you, you that you're it actually uh yearns for hmm. i'm telling you since i st- really started dialing it in and and did it it uh the best way i can describe it is that it added another 4 hours to my day whoa yeah how so because i would just be limping across the finish line i'd be exhausted i'd be trying to do and with motivation and i work really hard i would push through and get to maybe you know two hours more of what i needed to accomplish when you do this effortlessly without struggle i'm able to just sail like i did between nine and 12 that day really yes a hundred percent do you think um by using this practice you're alleviating tension so you're more efficient with your energy? Like what makes you That's part of it, but it really is it really is taking this nervous system that is dealing with the outside world all the time mm-hmm. and just giving it a real practical way to shut down, flatline, and then come back on the grid. Yeah. Yeah. And it it like your physical body needs a rest. Your things need to be rebooted. Your nervous system is kind of this thing that operates all the time that we're not really that conscious of. We're not really that aware that how hard it's working. And this is a way to pay attention to it and give it a chance to regenerate. That's interesting. And, and how long have you been doing this? You know, I, I meditated for like since college just out of reading books. <clears throat> and then probably about three years ago uh, – my friend said, who always did transcendental meditation, he said, go just see if it dials you in. It Actually, the stuff you're doing, the way you talk about meditating, it sounds more laborious. It sounds like you're doing too much work. Just go talk to this guy. And I did for like three, four sessions. I went and just talked to this guy here in L.A. who's a transcendental meditation teacher. And uh, he just explained it and dialed me in on it. And for the last three, four years... I've been just, I haven't missed a day. Wow. And three or four years? Yeah. Every day? Every day. Seven days. Seven days. No cheat day. No cheat day. How long? No need for a minutes? cheat day. It's the opposite of what you want from a cheat day. It's like 20 minutes. We're, if you can get two in, that's the best. If you can get one in the morning and one in the afternoon, then you're like Superman. Wow. But if you can get one in, I'm telling you. Start to finish, how long? 20. 20 minutes. 20. And you do this every day. Every day. Wow. Every day. Maybe that makes sense, man. Because uh, one of the things that people remark about you is uh, how easygoing you are. Like the, like people said, dude, I love when Tom Papa's on your podcast. Because it's so easygoing. Like the, you guys gel so well together. You flow together. Yeah. It's, like you're you're tuned in to we're something. We're just present together. We're just, yeah. you know, we're both, you know. Yeah. You're kind of not struggling. Right. And that's what it teaches you. You just This is a big roaring river. Yeah. And it lets you just kind of go underneath, catch your breath, and then come back up into it. 
Yeah. Do you feel that way when you exercise? Do you feel like when you exercise that you get into like a zone and you, you reset your brain? For sure. Yeah. I feel less I feel less depressed when I exercise. Yeah. Like if I'm in a funk and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't want to. And I go for a run, I'm like, my day's different. Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like uh, that funk is trying to hold on to control too. It's weird. Yeah. It's like it's tricking your brain. Yeah. Like, you know, dude, you feel like shit today. I was but, like, let me just put these goddamn shoes on and go run. Yeah. You know. You feel so good. But the meditation is different. The meditation is like the the run will give me energy. I won't feel so shitty. I'm like, I'm okay. You know, I feel good. I feel right. alive and whatever. But the meditation in a very subtle way, five hours later, when you're faced with a stressful situation, you don't feel as stressed as you normally would. Yeah. Because it's just your your nervous system, which is very powerful has been rebooted and is now able to go and deal with another situation. Mm. You should go see him. Okay. I'll do it. I'll give you the name of the guy. He's amazing. I mean, he's not amazing. It's not a guru. It's not the one sperm guy. It is not about him. One million It's not dollars about a religion. It's not about a people. For a drop of my sperm. This guy does will not give you his sperm. <laughs> he's just delivering the message of this little practice, which is very... It's oh. not hippy-dippy. It's very... Practical. Practical. You can use it. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's the best part of it. Um, would you be, have you tried the tank before, the float tank? No. Would you be interested in doing it? You know, we have one here. You can use it anytime you want. I would, I w- like, I would like to hear what your take on it is. Yeah. Especially, if, yeah. especially if you wanted to practice those techniques in there. Yeah. I think that would be really interesting. It's a crazy environment, man. That would be great. Yeah, you should do it. I'll do it. Yeah. For sure. Not today. I'm drunk. No, <laughs> but there's a there's also, you know, there's a bunch of big places around too. There's the float lab down in Venice and they have one what at Westwood and then the, what's the big place that's in Pasadena has the biggest one in the world. And people the like come in like float. a gym? And yeah, go man, float? You just yeah, you sign up, go in there and float. Pasadena's got a giant just float. Yeah, just float in Pasadena. <laughs> Shoot. They don't they have like forty fucking float tanks or some crazy shit? I don't know how many they have, but uh, I think they use all Float Lab stuff, too. That would be cool. <clears throat> you know, it's another interesting thing. If you get the morning one in, you know how sometimes you wake up, you've slept, you went to bed at 11. Right. You're up at 7, but you're exhausted because your night's sleep was restless. You got up to pee a couple times. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You look back at your bed, it was just a, a disaster. You do those 20 minutes. Before you go about your day, just before the kids get up, just get 20 minutes in. Mm-hmm. It's like you, it was more valuable than what you tried to accomplish in that eight hours spinning around in the sheets. Like, well, especially for someone like you, right? Whose job is to create things. Yeah. Right? To put your mindset into, into a particular place is super beneficial yeah. if you're just creating things all the time. Totally. But it's for everybody. Right, right, right. It's yeah. literally sure. like... yeah. We're all just human beings just struggling every day going out doing all this mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like you could be, you know, a single mom living in a city, taking the bus to work after dealing with your kids and go her nervous system is being bombarded. Yeah. Twenty minutes just to kind of like sitting there on the bus. You could do it on the bus by yeah. your with all this other it's not a uh pristine thing. It's not a hippie thing it's not an um i was gonna say elegant but it is kind of elegant it's not a um special thing it really is just like uh, like a controlled nap 
mm. in a way. And it'll, it just gives you more to go on. We're all, everybody, no matter what you're creating, no matter what you're doing, we're all under assault all the time, right? Yeah. I mean, not, you know, don't just, equate it to war, but there's like bombardments of yes. energy and stuff that's coming after you all the time. You have to kind of tend to the system that's dealing with that. Yeah. I think anything that gives you a perspective reshift or re, uh, reboot is great. Yeah. Anything. You know, whether it's um, going for a swim in the ocean, you know, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck it is. Yeah. Something that gives you a perspective reboot. We yeah. Get, we get caught in some pretty gross ruts. Yeah. You know? Perspective reboot is a cool way to say it. Yeah. I think um, we have these uh, views of the world. <coughs> sort of, we have this um, these these patterns that we sort of recognize. We see them. They're out there. And we get locked into them. And we're just... Yeah. Visiting the same websites and seeing the same people and doing the same things every day. Yeah. And sometimes you need something different. You yeah. Some. Yeah, to <laughs> knock you out. You need something that gets you to think about other stuff. Yeah. You know, maybe it's going to a place. This is why travel is so good. I used to never get travel when I was a kid. Yeah. I was like, who the fuck wants to travel? I like being home. But one of the th- I do like being home. But one of the things about travel is it allows you experience the feel of someone's culture in real life. Mm-hmm. Like you're walking through the streets of Cologne, Germany. Like you're like, wow, this is how these people live. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You walk through the streets of Rome. It like, takes you out is- of yourself. Yeah. It gives you this. Uh, first of all, it gives you this appreciation that there's different rules over here, but these are still people, modern people, just like you. Yeah. And then some of your ancestors came from here. Right. And but here they are with these different rules. Millions of them. Yeah, millions of them. And then they got people <laughs> that are coming into them from Africa, and it's like, whoa, like this is crazy. I guess <laughs> yeah. this whole thing is like fascinating. This is a. Uh, and then you're about around, you know, Pompeii. And you're seeing the ruins that Mount Vesuvius erupted, killed all these people, and you're wandering through all this stuff. Like, this is fascinating. Yeah. It's a long way from thinking about the three apps that you sit on your phone every day and get (laughs) your news and get your thing and check your Instagram and check your Facebook. That's a whole nother... whole nother mind blower. Oh, my God. It's a whole universe of other stuff to think about. Yeah. That's why I love walking in New York. Like, you have your routines of, like, where you're walking. Mm -hmm. Just get on the other side of the street. And go the other direction. You're a wild man. It's a whole nother world. (laughs) 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 But really, it's like just literally like when you're on your run with your dog and you if you just look the other way from when you normally are like doing your thing, Mm -hmm. it's a whole nother perspective. It's a whole nother world. It's crazy. Right. But literally just looking the other Mm -hmm. way, running the other direction. It's that's true. But look, it's, it's not a small thing. Because we like the order. We like that provides calm and safety mm-hmm. if you're just going that same route all the time. But then there's a limit, I guess, and you end up, it starts acting negatively on your life and your Right, head. if you're just a constant vagabond traveling around the globe, that's probably not, not positive either, right? Yeah. Always going to a new place, I never love, having a home. I love home. Yeah, I love home too. I love home, which is so weird in a... In a uh, career where we have to travel so much. Yeah. But, but uh, don't you think that, I, I mean, love, I hate to say, like, equate it to good and evil, but that there's some weird sort of balance in this life and that we do really have to experience negative things to appreciate positive things for what they really are. If everything is positive, if you're the lottery winner when you're five, yeah. you know, and you win that golden power ticket 500 million jammy when you're five years old. And it's all made. 
then you don't have to imagine yeah, you growing up. It'd ruin your and life. You're like, listen, little Tommy, you never have to work again. It would ruin your like, life. What are you talking about? Grandpa bought you a lottery ticket when you were five. Yeah. If you'd be so nice to give us some of that money, that would be nice, but <laughs> you have $790 million. You're like, what? Grandpa, yeah, Grandpa put it in a trust and it's all yours and you can have it yeah. when you turn 18. But you could give us some of it now. So you just sign right here. <laughs> Come on, Billy. Uh, you would be fucked. Imagine yeah. grow, growing up, being like Richie Rich. Yeah, you know? no, you'd be a mess. You'd be like, what the fuck? You'd be a mess. I you'd have all... a face full of cocaine, chasing these feelings that you can't get just from practical, everyday work. Can you imagine? Remember that fucking commercial, that cartoon, Richie Rich? Oh, yeah, that I used to buy got... his comic books. <laughs> <laughs> every day, at the, every year at the Jersey Shore, I'd get his comic books. He always had new ones. That's got to be one of the weirdest cartoons of all time. A really rich kid, really who rich, had all the money in the world. Well, all the poor kids would read it and go, "Fuck! I wish I was Richie Rich." Man, this guy's got everything. He's Look got his him. own go kart. Look at him seeing there. He's got bachelors. He's got a Sunday chocolates. Uh, I want my little dear boy comfy while he takes a nap. Tee hee, and he says, "Oh well, thanks, mom." Well, thanks, they bring mom. Bring over candy, and there's a butler dressed like that dude with the tailcoat. Coincidentally, but look right? at his. But look at it. Look at the name of it. It's Richie Rich, the poor little rich boy. Right, that's what yeah. it was. The poor In little rich boy, because he's not happy. care of. Because he's not happy. Right. Look, he's really sad. Well, first of all, look at the size of his ankles. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Kid's got gout. He's got the gout. He's got gout, for sure. <laughs> but the dude who's got the, the ice cream sundae, he's the same dressed, the same as... Go back to the picture, please. The dude with the ice cream sundae is... A, In the very top. Yeah. yeah. He's wearing the same clothes that we were mocking in that other thing. Ah, that's right. <laughs> You're right, he's wearing the tails. <laughs> he's the whole, that's the whole same jam. He's got the whole getup, the that 1800s getup. See, I used to think about a guy like that, like in The Shining <laughs> or something like that, yeah. like when there's some butler, and I would think of, oh, that's a proper man. That's a man that he's the guy from The Shining, and he's just going to come over and be proper, yeah. and normal. Normal. But then as I got older, I realized, like, oh, no, 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 no. That's a guy. It's just That's a dude. That's just a guy. And this guy has this fucked up job where he has to <laughs> dress like he lives in another time period and wait on all these rich white people. Like, what in the fuck yeah. is this? That's a tortured man right there. Like, if, if you were a, a serious black rapper, like one of them guys with diamond teeth, wouldn't you get a, a, <laughs> diamond a teeth. white servant like that guy? Yeah, with, with that's that so funny. Haircut. All white butlers. Yes, all white butlers. <laughs> Just like super, super high-end guys yeah. from England. Yeah. They're professionals. <laughs> it's true. Why don't they do He's that? He's a professional butler, sir. It's hilarious. I love diamond teeth. Yeah. Yeah, what poor little Richie Rich. He wasn't happy. His name's Cadbury. Cadbury? The perfect butler. Oh, oh Cadbury, yeah, Cadbury. The perfect butler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cadbury was his butler. Look at him. Oh, Cadbury. The perfect butler. Bring over that Sunday. Look at that other poor kid. He's all deformed and shit. <laughs> he looks like he's evolving. That other kid looks like his grandparents were those <laughs> Australopithecus. <laughs> and Richie Rich is like, I'll show you what it's like to be rich, 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 rich. <laughs> well, I never had these. Neanderthal looking fella. I never sat at a table before. Look at that. Blow that picture of that kid again up. Tell him he doesn't look Neanderthal-esque. He does. He has a monkey face. He fucking straight up does. <laughs> he does. He's got total his, Neanderthal thing going on. His ears are real low. isn't quite big enough, but they definitely gave him some odd features. <laughs> he yeah. does look terrible. Yeah, he's got a bald patch in the back of his head. Looks like he got a bullet wound. Someone tried to scalp him. 
<laughs> Poor little guy. <laughs> Poor little fella. What was his name? I don't know. Fuckface. It's oh. Richie Rich Cadbury and his friend Fuckface. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girlfriends. He's got girls. I had all these comic books. Look at books. this. Look at all the girls. Yeah. That is hilarious. Hit the Bill's eye. So it was one of them his mom. The lady with the blonde hair is his little, mom. Not right? Little Otta is her name. Oh, but the great with the blonde hair is right his here. mom, right? It's little Otta. Little Otta? Lotta. Lotta. Their names are written down up here. Oh, little, Audrey, little, little Lotta. Lotta. Little Dot and then Glory. Oh, Christ. They're all his girlfriends. Little Lotta. Get it? She's big. <laughs> you get it? I'm not, I'm, I swear to God, I'm having flashbacks from every summer as a child. I'd go to this bookstore and there'd be comic books. <laughs> and I would buy these <laughs> little rich, yeah. Richie Rich comic books and go home and read them. Look, he's looking at his Success shadow. Stories. It's his, his a dollar, dollar symbols for his shadow. <laughs> When did, when is got a, a rapper, hot girlfriend? When is a, a badass rapper gonna recreate this picture for the cover of his album? I think that would be perfect for like Gucci Mane. Richie Rich, yo. Come on, tell me that wouldn't be. Maybe have him walk that. away. Let me Google. Because he's <laughs> he might have already done it. Because he takes a lot of pictures with his lovely wife. That would be a perfect picture for Gucci Mane and his oh, wife. Funny. Dollar bill behind him. Holla. Dollar bill, y'all. Chuck-a-ching. <laughs> It's so weird, right? Uh, what a crazy idea for a comic strip. Bay Area rapper named Richie Rich, so. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and I don't remember it being like, they weren't really sending a message like money isn't important. No. <laughs> that was, was awesome. Wouldn't you want to be Richie? That was, not, that was the that moral. Through. He could get ice cream whenever he wanted it. Uh, that was always the thing, too. They're always getting ice cream. Uh, Cadbury, the perfect butler. Frightfully fit. Oh. Yes, Mrs. Rich, one should keep fit. I exercise all the time. How interesting, Cadbury. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally the lines. That's look, the comedy. <laughs> look at the size of her arms. Oh, they're like ham hocks. Like, like she just mounts you and just wraps your head up in those arms and <laughs> smothers you to death. You try to chew your way out, but you run out of air. You run out of air. How she interesting, kills you. She kills you with those meat flaps. Get over here, Cadbury. And if she's ever in trouble, she could literally leap off a building with those things and just glide to safety. <laughs> look at him. Wow, he's Cadbury's Cadbury's jacked. fucking jacked. He dude. takes off his. Look at him on the left. He's, he's jacked. <laughs> he's going into a hot tub. He's got a towel on and no shirt. He's ripped. When did Cadbury become so? And look at him. What a butler. Whoa, <laughs> homoerotic. <laughs> what a butler. So strange. Wait a minute. I've been You're putting bath. your... Oh, God. Look what he says there. Gosh, I've been keeping you from your bath, Cadbury. I'm sorry. Please go. No need for apology, sir. Someday I shall relate this story of how I was once lost all my clothes at the South Pole. Yikes. And then he says, what a butler. As he's walking him walk away with his tiny little <laughs> towel around his junk. Look how little that towel is. Where do you even find a towel that little that makes it way all the way around your ass? Yeah, he's right. It's like, true. Every other towel One that's that small, little, long your dick towel. would be hanging out, son. You got to make a choice. You covering your dick or you covering your asshole? But you're definitely not covering both. Well, the towel that's that width. What kind of strange snake-like towel are you possessing? Six inches all. across, twelve feet long. Yeah, Cadbury got on the juice, started lifting, got a fitness coach. That's so funny. That was very homoerotic. It was weird. They were allowed to do weird stuff back then. Imagine yeah. if you had that cartoon today. The fucking uh, feds would show up at your door. Yeah. Hey, Tom Papa, let's see your fucking hard drive. Another one of the pedophile conspiracy. Creepy piece of shit. The fuck you been up to? <laughs> Tom Papa, let's wrap uh, this up. It's 
podcast is five hours long. How long have we gone today? Uh, three hours and a half at least, right? Close, yeah, three twenty fifteen. Pre fifteen. The best. Tom Papa, it's so easy 315. to talk to you, my friend. Uh, do you have anything you're selling? You Thanks for the wine. Know about? My pleasure. Uh, stick around for a while. I don't want you driving anywhere. They can listen to my podcast. Okay. Come Where's to that? Papa. Come to Papa. And what is this other thing? The NPR? Garrison NPR, Keeler? Live From Here. It's called Live From Here. Live From Here. Every week. Six o'clock on your, uh, six o'clock east on your national public radio, whatever. And uh, when are you going to be at the lovely comedy store next? Probably tomorrow. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you Gotta work out some stuff. Want to do my sold out, out show in the main room? Yeah. Okay. Tomorrow, eight p.m. show. I'm there. Holla! Sweet. Look at that, folks. We just made a booking. <laughs> I'm on. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh. That's great. <laughs>